What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 122 of the Radio Freest Van podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host Scott here. Going to say what's going on, Scott. What up, guys? And of course, the powerful and gentle, powerful Ryan. <laughs> what's, going on, Ryan? <laughs> what's happening? And uh, we've got a pretty swell little episode for you guys today we're gonna go over some sweet sweet hobby progress like we always do i think we've all got our own special hobby progress which is kind of cool because like we're all working on kind of different gaming systems right now so like we enjoy legitimately hearing about what wild things we've been learning in our hobby progress land and uh you know it's like I don't know, man. We've all got our own projects. It's pretty sweet. It's not like I painted up cat. I, I painted up cataphractic terminators this week. I painted up <laughs> Mark Three. <laughs> nope, we're all over the place this week. So it's gonna be fun to hear that. Uh, we're gonna go over a couple emails that we got in, and then we've got this special treat for you guys at the end. We I sat down with uh, Caleb and Cat from CK Studios, and we're gonna talk about uh, a couple of their new airbrushes coming out, which I think you guys are gonna. <laughs> find really interesting and then we also are going to talk about uh, some of the classes that they're bringing in this year and just a general rundown of how ck studios has been growing uh it was a good conversation i really enjoyed talking and uh coming up next week they're hosting their 102 class in san antonio so we get to paint up a big old orc bust it's gonna be cool so anyway you're a big orc bust yeah i know that's what i hear <laughs> so anyway man so it's been what? It's been two weeks since we recorded our last episode. Oh my God! What, courtesy what of Michael's guys? neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Courtesy of Michael's neighbor. <laughs> what are you? So what have you guys been up what to? What happened? Uh. So what was last week? Where he cut your internet cable? Oh, that was nice no, of him. No, my internet wasn't fucked up last week. Last we missed last episode Sunday. Because I needed to replace my wheel speed sensor to get my truck to pass inspection. So that's what I was doing last Sunday. And then I had a I had a interview with Caleb and Kat that Monday and that's when my neighbor cut my internet. Without telling nice. anybody. Which is probably the, the my best my favorite part about it. Is he was trimming trees, and I went in the backyard and straight up found the coax and like didn't tell anybody, just like well, got your wire, whoops, and but they they fixed that next day. <laughs> they came out pretty quick, so I'm not like that was sudden link. What was crazy is they wanted to charge me for it, and I was like I didn't cut it. I don't know what to tell you. Go after them, and then I just never heard anything back on it. So I might just get a bill next week. But. Tell that fuck boy that lives behind me to fucking fork it over. Yeah, dude, for yeah. real. Build it. And, and what's crazy is my neighbor directly behind me, I use this company called Sunlink Cable, and he has a Sunlink Cable parked in front of his house all the time. So I'm assuming he works at Sunlink. And then he just goes and, like, shears my fucking cable because my cable's in my backyard. It's my the neighbor behind me. And then just tells nobody. I'm like, do you work for Sunleak? And like, you just let this happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you cut your line? Nah, damn it, that sucks. 
man, that cat, you really got to get that thing under control. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, for real. So, I don't know. But yeah, no, last week was Speed Sensor, Will Speed Sensor, which was actually not that bad to replace. It was just fucking grueling as far as, like, uh, the amount of things you have to take off to get to it is ridiculous. Especially because it's just an Allen head holding it on, like an Allen screw that holds it in place. It's just they have this stupid shield that shields it. And the only way to get to that shield is to get, you have to take the rim off. Then you have to take the uh, calipers off so that you can get the rotor off so that you can get access to it. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, whatever. It was like an $800 job that cost me like 30 bucks. So what can you do? Yo. But, yeah. So just curious, guys, man. What, what have y'all been up to, hobby-wise or otherwise? What, which, what's life been like for you guys? Scott, lay it on him because you did Bro. drop ships, you've painted cities, you've painted everything. Yeah, my my ass stays busy. Okay, I keep my needle in the fucking red. So I painted that uh, Union class drop ship. It it's from Hardware Hobbies. It's a printed thing. They on their website, it's called the Monitor, and, but it is a good representation of class drop ship one. And of course, I need it. I can't think of anything I needed more in my whole fucking life. So, like <laughs> that, and a fucking ton of terrain. I haven't put any pictures yet on the uh, Facebook page yet, but the the city, my little fucking Gemini Primaris city, is starting to come together. Um, all the all the terrain hardware studios. I've got a lighting solution, so all my buildings and skyscrapers are going to be lit up. Um, I have a some mountain terrain from gamemats.eu coming in that I'm going to put like around the outskirts of the city to make it look like, you know, imagine how Salt Lake City or Denver looks with like the mountains in the background. That's the kind of effect I'm going for. Then, uh, then painting that shit. It, and it, it's really easy to paint, which I really appreciate, you know, especially with something like terrain where there's a lot of it, a lot of it's insane. Um, <clears throat> I got, I dipped my toes into a couple of different things on that one. As far as, uh, like, I, this is the first time I've used water effects on anything. I have these little, I have these little city blocks that have the fountain. I love them. The fountain actually has water in it. I laid grass. I worked on, uh, I built a bunch of trees for, like, my parks and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And then, um, my LEDs, what I'm doing, the buildings are hollowed out and, my brother John came up with this idea. You buy these or these little submersible disc LEDs to buy off Amazon. Fuck. They um they're remote controlled. They're powered with like a AAA battery, so they're pretty, pretty fucking easy to buy a whole bunch of. Them. No, they're D A R N I O twenty piece submersible LED. Off of is he cutting out real bad for use, Michael? Yeah, I'm getting what he's saying. He's there's submersible LEDs that he's forgot from Amazon, but it, it did it did cut out for a second there. Are good, good now? Yeah, you're back. Okay, but so um, those are really cheap, very easy to you know. You buy those, you buy a pack of um, 
fucking you know triple a batteries and in my windows of my buildings are just like a semi translucent blue school folders like you know folders kids use for school you can get them for like 59 cents a piece and i cut those up and made the windows and uh looks good man i mean i'm i'm happy with it at least so that'll give me my second fully like painted battletech table and then for my third one i think i'm going to do before camp you know depending on tax return and income and all that stuff going to do like a forest so i drove south this weekend to go see my family because i'm from bumfuck the middle of nowhere kentucky like uh and my wife is from even farther out and worse of a place than that. But uh, <laughs> I, holy shit, man. I forget because I live in the city now, but it's funny. I go back there and I'm like, thank fucking God, man. Afghanistan was so much better than this place. I would worth it. It was <laughs> fucking absolutely worth it. But anyway, like, uh, it's very pretty. You know, it's very coniferous, a lot of trees and shit, and it's fall here. So, leaves are changing color and it kind of inspired me i was like i need to make terrain like this where there's a lot of hills you know tall hills but they roll kind of gently and stuff and that'll be the theme of my third table so i'll have a desert with a bunch of drop ships and settlements and shit i'll have this urban city it's kind of like a meat grinder sort of thing and then i'll have a, a like a you know a forest table like think you know indoor or something like that water and all that jazz because water is a cool thing that you can kind of interact with and it can help you out tactically in battle tech but uh that'd be it man prone when elementals are attacking you and just drown all their asses (laughs) that's right drown those little fuckers that's (laughs) the best way to get them off man i'm max waterproof you're fucking armor though (laughs) so uh yeah man um other than that, I'm, I've started, I got all my mechs in from our, our Russian buddy, and I am starting to paint those up, and I'll, you know, it's going to take me a while, because this paint scheme's a lot of brushwork and freehand and all that jazz, but once they're done, I'll fill them up online. I've, I've kind of gotten started on two of them, where I painted nose art, I sent those to the guys, they're appropriately silly looking, so I'll my mission there, but, um. I I couldn't be any more impressed, man. I mean, 3D printing is really something. If you're not already looking into it, you should start now. Like, now, now. Stop this and fucking start watching a tutorial or something. Because it's, I mean, we got about, I think until it majorly impacts our industry, maybe I would say two years. We got about 24 months to fucking figure it out. it's a fair assessment that is a fair assessment already already shaking up fucking competitions man yep scott dude i'm looking at these zoto lights that you were talking about right Uh uh-huh do you have do you have one nearby yeah can you hold it up to the cameraman? I'm just trying to see like what the size like it gives you the dimensions for this the one. For I'm some about reason. to hold up. This one I'm about to hold up is big as fuck. But there's a 20 piece set you can order where they're about an inch in, in uh you know diameter. So you don't have to order them this big, but this is the one that I'm holding up that 
it's about the size of the palm of my hand. So for a large building, use this. You know, the the one that's about the size of a silver dollar, it's about like that, would obviously power your smaller stuff. And they come yeah. with remote controls so you can turn them on. But not just that, man. So, Scott, the remote controls are on or off, dim or brighten. It's three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen different colors. Yes. And then you can do what flash? I'm looking at all like the different stuff you can do with the remote control. You can do like, strobe. You can do all, like a flicker. You can do in that. I got four of these big ones for sixteen bucks. Yeah, like, so one's and then I got. The, yeah, the twenty piece set is is like eighteen bucks. So that that powers, and it is fucking very bright. I mean, it's unnecessarily bright. So those those uh, what they're reflecting through when they create the blue on my table, pretty thick stuff. So and that's the little ones. Yep, yep. yep. I think and you does get like does, right in a set? Does one remote control all of them, or you can? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can use remotes to... I don't understand how this works, but it does. You can use, like, one remote to control a series of three and another remote to control a series of four. It's totally, you know, what's the word for it? Programmable? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm looking at all these guys, and honestly... Okay, so the, remember the old T-lights whenever guys would take their tea lights from uh, from Hobby Lobby and they go make smoke with them. And it yep, was like yeah. one of those things where it was like, oh, it's a CR2 battery and an LED and I'm just putting that wherever I want to. So this is like the exact same application except these are whatever color you want. And because they're so small, there's no reason that you couldn't incorporate these into literally every piece of terrain that you have. Like you could put these inside buildings you could put them on stoplights. You can put that like they come in a pretty neat little like I don't know. I would say like a kind of like the same packaging that you see uh, in Secret Weapon Miniatures um, uh, pigment kits. Those little circles, like that's about what they look like, but with just like a little nipple on it. And I don't know, man. It, it you could definitely break that up and rewire things or pop that led out and put it on a put it on its own lead and just stick them up wherever you want man these are cool these are dope scott these are really yeah cool. man yeah well hey he uh he's the one that found him i'll definitely give him the credit for that but i'm super grateful that he shared this knowledge with me because i'm gonna use the fuck out of them like i have probably from hardware studios i have more more buildings on the way but i'll have like 10 or 12 and they'll all be glowing at the same time you know so it'll it should you know my idea with these tables i'm putting a lot of time and effort into them because i really like six millimeter train like i always have of like train sets and stuff and uh it's a very important part i think of biotech that gets neglected like playing on a fucking Textless map where there's just train like printed on the map. It's all flat and two dimensional. You're kind of selling yourself short. Like I would like to hopefully push the trend of people putting more hobby effort into BattleTech than what has been done in some places traditionally in the past. 
Man, these are cool. I definitely see these uh, making their way to uh, Zomortalis tables all over. Or yeah, you man, know. very cheap, very cheap. You know, in you Amazon Prime, you can have them in a few days. It doesn't, you know, take long. You definitely find something to do with them, especially because this one little biscuit that you showed me has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 LEDs on it, and those are just soldered to the board. You could probably give those, like, I don't know, probably two, three-foot leads on them instead of having them soldered to the board. Just desolder them off, put those leads on, and then you've got a central hub that you can wire throughout wherever the fuck you want. And then it's just three LEDs that go in there, and then you've got the remote that has the uh, IR controller, and you just... I want red lights right now because we're in danger for Zone Mortalis. And then you have like all the <laughs> Zone Mortalis always real. red. Yeah. And then he's like, I want it to strobe. It's like, man, I'd be living it. Be cool, man. There you go. Super cool. <clears throat> I was thinking about your brother yesterday, man. Uh, we were, well, I was smoking that turkey. I was using that uh, that ice chest that he gave my dad. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going in between my dad's house and my house, and I kept using that ice chest because like, I had to keep the turkey cold, and I had to keep certain ingredients cold, and it's got that like carry handle, so like I would load every, everything I was taking in there, and I'd just like, drag it along like a suitcase, throw it in the back of my truck, run to my dad's house, unload it, load more stuff up, and then like I was like, man, I really need to send him a thank you. So... Next time you see him, give him a give him a big old kiss on his lips for me. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. There's a lot of reasons I shouldn't do that, but you know, that's fine. Thanks, Scott. You're the best. So that's sweet, man. What else have you been working on? I mean, that's I, a lot. I spend fucking money like a total idiot. So there's more stuff on the way. I got a drop ship coming. Um, I bought my Secret Santa, my his shit. It's all on the way. So, I love Christmas. Christmas is like my favorite fucking thing ever. I'm such a grumpy piece of shit the rest of the year, but this time of year I like get all giddy and stuff. So, fucking. Excited. That's fucking badass, dude. Hell yes. Oh hell yes. This is not hobby you- related, but if you're out there and you've never heard of Dan Carlin's hardcore history. Fix yourself. Oh my god, dude. It is such a dope ass fucking podcast. Which uh which one did you start listening to? Uh, the very first one I ever listened to is King of Kings about, you know, Cyrus and Darius and the the kings of the Persian Empire while it was still a thing before fucking Greeks sent them on their way, but um damn, that one's really good. And I'm listening to the Wrath of the Khans now. And I can certifiably say this world would have significantly less retarded people in it if more people listened to this podcast and understood history, like the implications of humanity and stuff. Because, man, once you learn about Genghis Khan, not everyone seems so bad anymore. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ah, it's a pretty good life, actually. Things are actually okay. <laughs> Ryan, uh, Ryan had me listen to the ghost of the Ost front uh, earlier this year for dust for dust. And like that legitimately, like when you're listening to that, you're sitting like this the whole time, just 
like hands and like a prayer in front of your mouth, just <laughs> full concern, like Jesus Christ, <laughs> what have they done? That's like they got raping nuns in there. They've got like all sorts of stuff. Oh, like, dude, making oh, a road out of prisoners of war by having them lay down in the middle of the <laughs> Russian winter and just spraying them with a fire hose so they freeze, and then. Basically, like you would logs or something, but you use human live humans to do it with, and then you drive trucks over them so, so that you don't get stuck in the snow. I mean, that's next level, <laughs> dude, bro. I was listening to the King of Kings part one, and uh, fuck, it was it was the king before Cyrus, it, like because Cyrus kind of established the Persian Empire. So what they were before the Assyrians would conquer a city, and if they didn't submit. They would kill the king, cut off his head, and then the other king would put his head on top of a pillar while he fucked his wife while it was looking at him on a couch. I was like, that is, oh man. <laughs> I was like, we get our feathers all fucking in a rough when a reporter starts yelling or some shit. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man, history is fucking nuts. <laughs> Dude, whenever you're done with that, I just started listening. I'm to about chapter four right now of A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. That will, like, like that'll take you to the next level where you're like, oh, yeah, there was 35 million fucking people running around before Columbus got here. <laughs> it really shook some, shook some uh, <laughs> American <laughs> soil. <laughs> it's like, oh... <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, everybody else who lives in America right now. It's uh it's pretty brutal. It's but I w- I kinda wish that Dan Carlin was like reading it to me though, but other than that, it's oh funny. yeah. It's on audible. Yeah, listen to Ghost of the Ostfront when you're done with the Wrath of the Con, Scott. Yeah, yeah, I will, man. Uh it it's always fun finding something like that. Yeah, that's okay. uh, that's just straight up what like what Russia and Germany did to each other during the war. That's just straight up. What is it called? Which one? Ghost of the Ostfront. O S T F R O N T. Ostfront. Ostfront. Okay. It's totally worth the like two dollars to buy it and download it. One hundred percent. Bloodiest battle in the history of warfare, man. Fucking battle of Stalingrad, right? Five point five million people, something like that. Yeah, they actually they they break down like what they were actually eating ration wise and like how terrible, terrible food rations were during Stalingrad and stuff like that. Like you're like, oh, here's a piece of this much. The Mongols would eat raw horses intestines and they would literally squeeze the shit out of those intestines with their bare hands and then eat the fucking intestines. And do it with a smile on their face. They're like, yeah, we do this all the time. (laughs) I was like, whoa. Yeah, dude, those boys made made ground beef, dude. That's why we have hamburgers nowadays. I know, man. You ever had Mongolian beef? Delicious. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag worth it. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag all of it. All of it worth it. (laughs) We got hamburgers now. Yeah. No so what about you, Ryan? What you been working on? Um, I actually got quite a bit done. Uh, 
I totally finished uh, redoing this table. Other than that one building, I rebuilt that bridge and uh, stuff like that. That one that you gave me from Mike Gupton. Is that his name? Yep. Powerful Mike Gupton, Goldmine yeah. Games. So I basically repainted everything. The roads were in really bad shape, and a lot of the buildings were just kind of roughed in, and I finished painting them, and there were some pieces missing, and I replaced those and whatever. I threw pictures of that up on our Facebook. Um, I built a whole bunch of uh, Battletech mechs, uh, the 6 mil normal scale for normal Battletech, uh, and then I started painting on some. I've been painting on my Mercs because me and Scott are going to play a campaign soon that Chris Duncan's going to run for us. Yep. And I started painting on my Command Lance, the Lance's 4X, and uh, I got three of the four done, and I'm working on the fourth right now. It's drying in the other room. I just put a wash on it. Um, my 160th scale Argus is almost done. I've been talking to Alexander about that. He sent me some photos. So hopefully... That'll be underway here soon when he mails that to me. I'm going to paint that up basically using the uh, the same paint scheme that I painted that dust um, allied tank in that I did at Matt's class. Green. Cool. That green. That, that really olive green. Beautiful green. Yeah. Yeah. With white accents. There's a... I still... I'm going back and forth um, on what unit to paint, so... The Crucius Lancers, which is who I have the the decals for, they're that olive green. Um, but there's another one called the uh, Heavy Calvary. First Heavy Calvary. And they're also green, but they have the white accents. They're almost exactly uh, like that dust tank. <sighs> Like with the white stripes and stuff. I'm pulling up a picture right now. Show you. Oh, my phone's going slow. But anyway, I'm kind of going back and forth. I'll probably end up still just doing the Crucius Lancers. I don't know, though. Um, but, but we found a guy that makes uh, 160th scale decals that are really nice for Battletech on uh, eBay. And then I reached out to him on some custom order stuff. For him to do. Dig it. It's going to do paint stuff um, for you guys? Yeah. It's the first Federated Sons Armored Cavalry. That's what they're called. And let me screenshot this and send you guys a photo. But I'll either paint them like this or paint them in the Crucius Lancers, which is fairly similar. I, uh... I definitely, man, like seeing these bigger battle tech in what is it, one sixtieth scale instead of one? Yeah, I don't know what the other one sixtieth scale. Yeah, seeing that stuff in one sixtieth scale like really lets you stretch your legs for painting and stuff like that. There's only so much you can get done, but like throwing it in that one sixtieth, man, I'm really excited to see what you're gonna pump out with that because you can give it like true weathering and stuff like that, like true, uh, true chips and stuff you know, that makes sense that it would happen and all that stuff and give it a crew and all that shit. It's pretty cool, man. That's super exciting. I would love to get, uh, those dust minis, like the dust, uh, girls and put them all over one of them bad boys, but they might be yeah, too big. I just, I just sent that photo where you can kind of see. Oh yeah. That looks dope. That shouldn't be too difficult. 
And then if you're going to get all no. those sweet, sweet custom decals, man, even better. That's one of the things that, like, man, whenever you look at Battletech artwork, like, it definitely, like, pumps you up for Battletech. And then, you know, it's just, it's so hard to get that level of detail onto a six millimeter model. And then now y'all are going to have actual models that you'll be able to see, like, these cool decals and numbers and shit on. And, like, this dude wrote, we shoot first on the gun. So, like, you can do something like that with a decal and then just straight up, like, could you imagine, like, how much that would pump people up to play Battletech? Yeah. No, I agree, man. It's going to be sweet. looks cool. That's so here's the other one. Which one? The one that I sent a picture of? Yeah, I don't know what that is. No, that's a, that's a Marauder. Okay. Here's a... So those are the two schemes I'm between. Uh, I like them both. They're both pretty similar. The other one just has... Uh, I don't know why that one doesn't have the white on it. Here, let me show you what it's actually... There's that Where you see the red and the blue on it, it's supposed to have a white stripe as well. This is a better representation. I don't know what because kind of the, armor... The, Battle techs robots are made of, but I'm assuming it's a uh, corrosionable metal or rustable metal. Yeah, it is. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so you can have you can have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. See the see how it's got the red, white, and blue because the Davians are based on uh, French. They're kind of French, so they have the French colors mixed in. Their their actual colors are red, white, and blue, like the French flag. Oh, yeah, all I care about is that shark mouth and how dope that looks. <laughs> that little baby shark mouth. Oh, on that, on that, uh, that head cyclops. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking dope, dude. It's cool looking at this art because it's so much different than, uh, than like Warhammer 40k art because, like, Warhammer art, nothing really has to make sense. It can be like, oh, that's just, you know, it's such a future technology. We don't have to explain how radios work and, like, how the antenna is going to stay in place. Whereas you look at this, and even down to the giant-ass radial in the back, they have to have guide wires to, like, hold it on. Like, it's bonkers, like, how much, like, military aesthetic goes into even considering building these giant robots. And you see handholds, and you see, like, a... Like a the rings were like blow that yeah. marauder blow that marauder picture up and look right underneath the chin it's got a little winch like a little fucking like pull trucks out of the mud with it's crazy man it's crazy like it's even got like service rings and stuff on there so like if you're if, if you work in the industrial industry or anything like that it's like you have to have these eyelets so a crane can pick stuff up on like certain points where it's safe and these giant mechs have those eyelets there which in game terms i'm sure it doesn't make any fucking difference but like nope. if you were looking at it like in real life you would need that eyelet to take that arm off or to you know service a leg or some shit it's bonkers man it's bonkers how much like thought goes into some of this, some of this stuff and i bet you there's some like really really like beautiful just hardcore guy 
who just knows what all of these pieces are and like it's like oh well that's a PT47A uh eyelet for a marauder I just I just realized blow up the the crotch of the awesome it's got words on it you can't even see it on that little photo but he wrote on it it's the the pilot has wrote on his mech my other mech is an Irby which is a little bitty like shitty urban mech <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah bro I'm just to a if, table near you. If you look at his legs, <laughs> like check out his knees, man. Like it's like it, it, on his knees at the very bottom. There's like two little handholds on his knees for some reason, or like some sort of like I don't know, like removal thing. Like even down to that level where it's like I don't know what those are there for, but fuck it, there they are. Well, like you said, they could be to like position the plate in place, or they could just be like little like hooks, like you hook something to to pull out of the mud, or pull out like how you have the little hooks on the front bumper of your truck. It's fucking bonkers, dude. It's just like a good old fashioned tank. Everything makes sense on it. It's like it's a practical mech, all the way down to the giant caution hot like warning labels on it. Because somehow if you were up there on that big ass mech and you like that's probably the last thing you're worrying about is where not to touch. <laughs> um Yeah. But anyway, I've been uh been looking at art like that, like I showed you, and trying to get ideas for my big mechs when they come in, like what colors to paint them. So of the two, what do you like? Do you like the one with like the red, white, and blue stuff on it? Or do you like the one with just the white on it? The red, white, and blue. The I like the the shark one you sent me because it has all three colors. It looks dope. And I also like that kind of brownish bronze in there as well. On the plates, on the actual metal, on the kind of like the connector plates, not on the like where I guess you would be like the Under Armour versus the actual carapace. I don't know. It's like that right. Brownish. Well, it's it's the basically the part like they. The way I understand it, they paint all those armor plates like you would a tank. Like you just lay them down and you paint them like where everything gets painted, and then the then you lift that in place and bolt it onto the actual uh, internal structure of the mech. And then the parts that move and whatever where paint's gonna, you can't really put paint. Like if you look at his hands and his fingers, they're not really painted. They're just that like unfinished metal. Yeah. Looks oh, that Cyclops has a winch too. The winch is right below that uh, SRM four in his chest. There's like a winch, like where his belly button would be. He's got like two little dong plates too that like flap out. I don't know what those are for, but I guess they're to protect his uh, to protect his hip leg actuators. Joints. Yeah. It's like, oh, anyway, we, keep we getting could our leg joints. Talk out. about that. We could talk about our picture for a long time but anyway yeah that's basically what i've been doing is painting six millimeter battle tech uh ordering shit from there i just ordered a bunch of stuff from shapeways because i'm gonna there's this mech called a crusader that they don't make a good model for in my opinion and i want one because it's a cool mech so i bought a shapeways robotech model which is called an armored valkyrie which is what the original crusader was based on um, and then when they made the model, Harmony Gold 
started suing everybody because they like <laughs> got the license for Robotech, but so did the Battletech guy and all this bullshit. Anyway, that court case spanned decades and it finally got thrown out and ever like the judge and everybody told Harmony Gold to go fucking jump in a lake so it's solved now. But for the longest time, Battletech came out with those designs a long time ago, and then when Harmony Gold started suing them, they quit making them, and they had to like change the design where they didn't look like they were supposed to look, so that they could you know finish the lawsuit or whatever. And uh, so they've never made a good model for it, and now even though they can remake the model because it got thrown out, they can make it however they want. Um, it's still like, I don't want something that looks Robotech because the aesthetic has changed since the early days. But uh, I bought one of those Robotech armored Valkyries that somebody has modernized, and then I bought some other mech parts and some whatever, and I'm going to essentially build a Franken-mech to just build a Crusader the way I think it should look. Well, that's fun. So I'm taking, like, four... I'm taking the legs off one mech, the torso off of a different mech, the arms off a different mech, and then the head and backpack off of a different mech and combining it all into one. <laughs> it's going to be like, kill me. Kill me. I'm an <laughs> abomination. And then you're, are you going to take the legs from all those other mechs and torsos from the spares and try and make some bastard mech? <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, probably just like make little craters and like lay mech parts around like where they're destroyed, destroyed mechs. In the fluff, there's a couple times that it happens where they the fucking the fusion engine goes up and you'll just have like mech legs that like they lock in place <laughs> and the fucking torso is nuked out and are just like smoking legs like standing in the middle of nowhere with like a bunch of burnt crispy shit around it where the um reactors cooked off. Jesus. My favorite well, thing is when one of them will get nuked and the upper torso will blow off while it's like walking forward. So the upper half of the body will fucking explode, but the legs will keep walking for like a little bit until they <laughs> eventually fall down. <laughs> Those legs have been walking for 40 years. <laughs> Nuclear powered. But that's pretty much all I've been doing. Like I said, is working on uh, Battletech stuff. Uh, it was the first time I've airbrushed since Heresy came. I finally drug all that out and got my basement all straightened up. And then they got my barn. They uh, they put the loop in the other day. So the geothermal loop is in. We didn't hit anything. Didn't hit any sewer. Didn't hit any uh, of the other loop. Didn't It actually did fit, which was good. So there's no issues there. And then they're supposed to pour the slab next week. They were just kind of waiting. The framer was like two weeks out or two and a half weeks out because he's working on another project. So they weren't like really in a hurry. They brought in all the pea gravel and brought in all the stone and got everything backfilled around the foundation and everything leveled where it's ready to put concrete on it. But it started getting cold up here and Steve is like, well, we're not really going to push it. It's supposed to warm up a lot next week. So let's just wait till next week because we can't, even if we got it done this week, it'd just have to sit for two weeks. So we might as well just wait till next week when we know it's safe and do it and then only have to wait a week because, you know, we're waiting on the framer anyway. Yeah. So. Slowly but surely. What? Battle Barn is coming. Yeah. We did the math the other day. I sat down and figured it out. They've only worked on it 
I think seven days, six or seven days. Like if you actually take the days that they've worked on it, they've only worked on it six or seven days, but it's been like, like two months or whatever. That's how it works, dude. <laughs> so, I, like, <laughs> you're like crazy. so so optimistic. Like, yeah, man, I'm gonna get it started by the beginning of September, and that should be done by the time I get back from Paris to camp. I'll unload all my shit in there. I'm like, damn, <laughs> all right. And yeah, no, fucking subs, man. There's so many nice days. I come home and I'm like, oh, this will be done. It's nice out. I look, and I'm like, where the fuck are them guys at? <laughs> where are these union fucking lackeys? Jesus. <laughs> Uh, but that's it, man. What about you, Michael? What have you been working on? Uh, Mordians, dude. Tons and tons of Mordian stuff. I got all my like Mad Robot miniatures. I ordered a like base set of ten initially just to see what they would look like, and then I went hog deep and ordered a shitload of them. So I got twenty of them assembled, twenty of them like base coated right now. I've got the initial ten painted, and I've got like all their like captains and sub or I guess platoon commanders and company I don't know what they're called like the HQ choices and like the 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 higher up version guys I got them painted and ready to go I like basically lopped off the head of uh, uh Creed and put the mad robot miniatures Mordian head on there I lopped off the head of a uh, uh, a death corp of Krieg uh or death corps of Creed Krieg? Krieg, uh, yeah, sorry. Death Corpse of Krieg, uh, Commander, put a Mordian head on him. I made, like, these really pompous-ass characters and painted them up. And I don't know, man, I'm just having a really good time painting up these Mordians, like, just trying to make them all, like, as pompous and asshole as I can. And then at the same time, like, all these people are finding out I'm working on Astro Militarum, and I guess at some point in 8th edition, or it might even still be that way, where everybody was, like, super-powered in the Astro Militarum list. And so, like, I guess there was a ton of Astro Militarum players at one point, and so a bunch of people just have, like, Astro Militarum lying around. And so it's very cheap. It's very cheap to make your army nice and fucking healthy. Like, it's really easy to get stuff for a Mordian army. Like, that's not not dedicated Mordian, clearly. But, like, uh... It's really easy to find Lehman Russes and Camaras and Sentinels and stuff like that. So, really, I just did it as a project for myself. And I came out with, like, uh, some Sentinels, some Mana Cores, uh, some Lehman Russes. And I actually got donated to me last week a Shadow Sword that didn't have the gun, but I had an old thunderhawk turbo laser laying around because i in 30k i would use the the super battle cannon whatever the fuck it was because to upgrade it to turbo laser put it into like unplayable levels and so i had this turbo laser which fits perfectly in the plastic games workshop shadow sword kit instead of the gun and like even the top vent that it has the shadow sword like little cover on top of it is cut perfectly for that vent so like everything fits in it perfectly and so it looks like an arcarian pattern shadow sword and i was like perfect doesn't work and then painted all gray man weathered it up and just been having a good time with it so all right been painting a fuckload of mordians and then uh 
<clears throat> I had my water heater blow out this week, so that was kind of shitty. So it kind of killed my hobby area because that's right, like right on what was it Friday when my water heater blew out? All my shit was flooded in my laundry room, so I had to save all that stuff. Which I have. It's one of those times where you learn you have way too much shit on the ground. And I'm just like, oh, there's so many cardboard boxes like sitting on the ground that are just fucking ruined now. And you're like, you think that you're like being organized because you're like, I'm going to put all the Katie and stuff in here and I'm going to put all the Lehman Rust stuff in here. And then there are cardboard boxes. So once any amount of water touches them, they're just fucked. So that kind of blew. Uh, I realized that. Uh, I realized that my paint area, like, because I've been using this Home Depot, like, workbench that's been going really well, and it had three drawers with it, but here recently, I've been taking so many, like, airbrushing classes and all that stuff, so I've been trying different brands of paints and stuff that my paint level is getting ridiculous. Like, they don't fit in the drawers anymore, and so a long time ago, I bought my dad this, like, craftsman toolbox like a standing toolbox and he bought a snap-on one from a dude who was like you know really in debt because he buys snap-on shit and so my my dad got it for like you know way too cheap and so my dad got a snap-on one he goes well i don't want to throw away this craftsman one you bought me do you want it and i was like yeah i'll use it for something it's been sitting in my garage ever since so I finally moved that into my laundry room, hobby room, transferred all my paints over to that, and, like, really just, like, got my hobby area just, like, you know, feeling good, feeling right. And then, you know, had the blowout, and that fucking sucked. I was going to tell you all this funny story, man, before we got on the podcast. So, like, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy weekend, man. I, I traded one of my old cars for a boat, right? And so we went to go look at this boat. And it's like a micro skiff. It's like this little. It's like a. It's called a pelican. It's like a twelve foot boat. And like my dad has one. Oh yeah, does he? Yeah. So this thing's tiny. Like and yeah. me, and my dad. You you've seen my dad. You've seen me. We're big guys. I'm a little rounder yep. than my dad, but we're still big dudes, you know. And so we're looking at this boat, and I'm sitting there, and I'm laughing. I'm just like, because it's it's my grandpa's friend, and he's like, hey, I want this car that you have for my granddaughter i want to fix it for her and i want to i'll trade you a boat for it and so my grandpa's like let me get my grandson it's his car uh if he wants to trade it to you you can and i really am like you know what i'll just give the guy it but whatever i'll go look at this boat first because i'm not going to turn out a boat to trade for my old car and i go out there and (laughs) we're just kind of laughing because me and my dad were looking at this like tommy boy level like little skiff where you're just like i know i'm gonna sit in it it's gonna be like like super low like it i'm gonna be tommy boying it up but i mean we do a lot of waiting so it'd be cool to just have it to like drag around with us to hold all of our shit and it wouldn't be too big of a, a hassle to carry it around instead of us just like packing all of our gear uh but anyway it's I just, the the story is not so much to do with the boat or the car or anything like that but this guy had this dog right it's like a a mix between like I guess what it looked kind of looked like a pit bull mixed with a Rottweiler. It was a huge head on this dog. It was massive in its body. Like this thing was just a healthy ass mutt, dude. 
and he was he loved to play. He was bouncing around and all this stuff. And he, he like he was one of those dogs that like you knew he was a puppy, but he made you nervous because you knew that he didn't know his own strength and all that shit, right? And so this dog's running around and he comes up and he keeps playing with us and stuff like that. And then but if you pet him, if you show him any attention, he gets super playful and he'll start nipping at your legs and like start nipping at your arm and all this stuff. And it was, you know, kind of annoying and he didn't know how hard he was biting and all this shit. Well then he keeps doing that to this owner who's this eighty year old man named Frank, right? And this is the dude selling the boat and all this stuff. Keeps nipping at him, nipping at him. And so Frank has this stick. It's like a switch, man. It's probably like a, a four-foot-long ash tree switch. It's like it's a fully green limb, and he's, like, swinging at this dog. And you just can hear that every time he swings, like, wah, like going for the dog to, like, whip it. And it's, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, Wow, dude. And this dog is so fast and the dog knows it's coming that the dog keeps moving out of the way, right? The dog keeps, like, you know, juking and jiving. And so I'm sitting there and I'm talking to this old man who's, like, 80 years old and know what the fuck he's, like, you know, like, has, like, very minimal presence of, like, mind and all that stuff. It's like, he's going to tell you what he wants you to hear and then he doesn't care about what you're thinking and all that stuff. His dog comes up to, like, nip at my hand and I pull my hand back and he goes... And he just says, get down, so-and-so. And he takes his arm fully back and swings at this dog as hard as he can and just fucking just completely smashes the back of both my legs like some old shorts. <laughs> Dude, my eyes watered so hard. <laughs> and Were you like just... the jerk where they beat the shit out of Steve Martin's legs in the wheelchair? And they're trying to break him. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, That's dude. what that reminds me of. Dude, he comes down and goes, whap! And he's like, and then, yeah, this boat, you know what, like, completely <laughs> does not know that he just, like, fucking, like, kuta kente me. And I'm just sitting there just, like... <laughs> oh, Jesus. My dad's looking at me. He's like, did that man just, like... Like, because I'm wearing shorts. And he's managed to hit ba- both of my legs. And my dad's like looking at my legs he's looking at me he's looking at my legs and he's like did he and i was like and i'm sitting there with like a single tear like a like the indian just like ow <laughs> and then we're we're walking back to the car dude and i've got this like solid racing stripe across both the back of my legs where he's like whipped me with this fucking switch <laughs> and i was like dad that old man beat me harder than you did like god damn like it hurt so bad. I just gritted it. I'm just like, this old man has no idea that he just like, yeah. It's dirty, rotten scoundrels. That's what I'm thinking of. Have you seen that? No, no. Okay, I, you have to at some point look up dirty, rotten scoundrels uh, wheelchair scene and watch that scene. What it is is they're con men, and Steve Martin's pretending to be this crippled war vet that's a paraplegic. But there's a rival con man that's trying to con the same people, but they know that each other are con men. So they're trying to out the other guy without making it sound like they know him because then it'll yeah. they'll out themselves. So he shows up as this war vet. So this other guy pretends to be a doctor and he's going to help him. So it, while they're at this party and he's trying to help him, he was like, let me see if I can get any feeling. And he's got this fucking stick and he's just beating the shit out of Steve Martin's legs <laughs> while he's in this wheelchair. And Steve Martin has to pretend that it doesn't hurt because he's not supposed to be able to feel anything. He's like, nope, don't feel a thing. As this guy's just wailing on his legs. <laughs> that was me, man. That was me. This dude just straight up. Just whoop I'm like. 
son of a bitch. Uh, it was funny. We ended up getting the boat, but it was a good time. Uh, and then my dad, man, we were hanging out with my dad uh, for, like, my mom went to that Nutcracker thing in Houston, which is, like, some ridiculous, like, trade show or some shit like that. And so uh, uh, my dad was, like, single man all, all weekend, right? And so I'm like, you know what? You know, I'll hang out with my dad Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll hang out every, every day this week. We'll hang out. And so yesterday we woke up early, went and got breakfast, and he goes, hey, uh, uh, what do you – like, what do you want to do now? And I was like, well, we, there's a Veterans Day parade. We can go see the Veterans Day parade. And he goes, okay. And so we go drive downtown, right? And we're walking around downtown. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's been a small cold front that has, like, rolled through. Um, and so that's putting it at about 48 degrees in te- South Texas, which isn't, like, too cold for you guys. For real, I'm sure. No, it's nothing. Yeah, but that's pretty damn cold for us. So I'm sitting there, I'm walking around all bundled up, I got my beanie on, I'm wearing my, my pants and all this stuff, and I'm walking downtown, and I, I'm not really looking at my dad, I'm not worrying about my dad, because he's my father, I'm, like, I have no sense of, like, care what the fuck he's wearing, and we're walking around this parade downtown, <laughs> and I look at him, and I go, I go, yeah, man. I said, man, it's cold. I said, I'm glad I wore this jacket. And my dad goes, I wish I would have brought a jacket. And I look over at him, and he's in this like Magellan fishing shirt, which is like breathable and all this shit. And he's just cold. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why the fuck did you say anything? He's like, I was having a good time. <laughs> he's just like. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, Dad! Like, you get yourself sick. <laughs> you don't want to say shit. Oh, that's so fucking funny, man. Oh, just good time with my dad. That was my weekend. But uh, powerful Cody, man, just dropped off this uh, Lehman Russ exterminator and a Camara from like 1998, the old box sets, and yep. the Lehman Russ exterminator. Probably one of my favorite models that you can get from old school G-Dub because it's got the uh, Katachan tank rider on it, which is like, it's a little metal Katachan rider who fits perfectly on a Lehman Russ and hangs out on the back of the Lehman Russ. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I was so like in love with that model back in the day. Like I I want, like like, he he single-handedly like started a Katachan army because I had that little guy, and I was like, well, he's going to go on every tank I have. And so I played Catachans and had an Exterminator because of that one model. And uh, here recently, you know, we were, we we're talking about ideas of, like, stuff that we could do, like 3D modeling and stuff like that. And, uh, and get banned from uh, events. And get, banned, get banned from winning <laughs> Best Army events. And... Uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Mad Robot Miniatures, and I was like, man, I was like, is there any... Actually, so about two years ago, no, three years ago, I made this suggestion to him that I thought it would be cool. And then we've been working together, we've been doing stuff, he's been supporting our events and all this stuff, and it came back up when I saw this model again. It was like, hey man, do you think we could like have tank rider legs? And finally he put a poll out, and there were so many people that were like, yeah, we'd love tank rider legs. And 
now he has six different types of tank rider legs. They're going to come out. You've got like the uh, fatigue ones. You've got the like imperial ones that have like the stripe down them with the boot. He's got some uh, basically what they would be like the equivalent of like a stormtrooper legs, which will be good for like if you want to cut a solar ox in half and use it like a solar auxilla model in there. And it's just like he's releasing all the of coolest these would riders. be to use the legs to hang outside of a Valkyrie like they're sitting in the door of the helicopter for real, dude. For fuck, meow, 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 yeah, yeah. Meow, 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 meow. yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. So, so yeah, even like even this dude, man, like imagine this guy. Let's see, I got kitty on me, so imagine that guy hanging outside. Of a Valkyrie. Yep. The, the Katachan. That'd be so fucking tight, dude. Ugh. I'm with you. So, look forward to that, guys. If you haven't been to Mad Robot Miniatures to see that coming out, then good news. It's on the way. Dude, I want your fucking... Have your parents ever thought about adopting a 29-year-old Aryan man for, like, I don't know, reasons? <laughs> I mean, yeah. do you could you maybe run that by them this holiday season? You have the most <laughs> awesome fucking family. Like your dad is an awesome fisherman and knows how to cook things really well. Your mom is like nice and stuff. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, we do all right. <laughs> I I didn't have one of them fucking fucked up childhoods like some people. I'm not talk about. one of the sharpest tools in the shed, but I can carry like heavy stuff for a long time. So, yeah, that me and Scott will both trade. I think we're both pretty willing to trade. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck it. Takes orders well. <laughs> if you're like you're ethnic, so you have like a cool backstory, and I'm pretty sure my family just wore like fucking goat furs and ate rocks and shit in the forest <laughs> of Germany for a pretty long time. So. Dude, I honestly, I keep saying because my dad grew up in the ghetto of our town and like it was legit like lived the little street life there and he's a little hood rat and uh he has probably some of the best stories that you'll ever hear like just like ridiculous ridiculous stuff like with like ridiculous characters like like he had fat simon and fat fred and like you know junior boy yeah style stories yeah man like just straight up like joey diaz level stories i don't know it's uh, I wanted to like start a podcast like called uh, uh, stories from my dad and just like have my dad like tell just stupid stories for you guys because oh dude you'll you'll die even if it was like just That'd like a mini series glass thing <laughs> like six episode mini series of my dad telling you about the time he like accidentally burnt down an entire oil pad and like <laughs> like <laughs> oh man because he did that when he was like ten years old. <laughs> and there was right. a, a, a two truck fire. Oh, he got his ass whooped for that. But <laughs> so yeah, so uh, that is what I've been working on, man. Mordians, lots and lots of Mordians. I haven't looked. I haven't done too much stuff in dust here recently. I'm waiting for their uh, wave eleven to drop out, which is going to be all the PLA stuff. They just did a, a Fu Manchu mock-up to show what Fu Manchu is going to look like for the PLA, which is the Chinese. And so uh, I'm 
I'm looking forward to that character to beef up the. When are they gonna do like a restock? Like when I tried to order some shit last time from Palo Parente, like of the premium shit, I couldn't get it. I don't know. I I probably ask Gregor or Olivier that. That I don't. I don't know when they do restocks. I know right now they're really pushing for their wave ten or eleven like new models. Well, I'm talking like the. The Falsham Jaeger characters with the like the the little uh, Japanese jump jump pack chick and Rocket Man and the the Rocket Pack Gorilla guy, I was wanting to buy them in premium and they didn't even have those on the Palo the main site. They were still out unless they've restocked them. Recently. I don't know. I do know that they restocked the like the conversion kits here recently, so maybe they have restocked. I don't know what their okay. stocks look like. Out. So I will check it out. I got all my dust stuff in Battle Foam now. It's so awesome. I sent you photos. <laughs> Love it. I uh, I uh, I'm I'm pretty ready to see what some of this Ninja stuff looks like because all their IJN stuff came out or is coming out. Yep. And they released kind of the rules and the cards and stuff like that. And so like I'm definitely looking forward because these ninjas and like the. Uh, the Navy cadets for the Japanese army, they're just like straight up miles better than some of the other stuff that is five points in a similar. It's like, how am I supposed to compare my five point Chinese PLA squad to a five point fucking ninja squad? (laughs) Like how is this even in the same ballpark? Like what is going on here? So do you think they're going to get readjusted or do you think they're going to buff old stuff or what do you think? I think they're going to release platoons to buff people who play straight PLA squads. The thing for Dust for me is all the Soldier 2 stuff sucks. I don't think I've ever seen any Soldier 2 stuff that's worth fucking taking. No, it's all one or two points over. But I think if they were to start offering platoons or characters at Soldier 2... That would buff the units. I think they would come out. And to be honest, like I really like the dust models, the newer stuff. Some of the older stuffs, like it's looking kind of dated. Like the older Ranger, the I think the U.S. Ranger shit looks pretty dated. Like it almost needs redone already. That's I don't know if there's ever any plans to go back and redo it. Well, they're making the switch from that rubberized plastic now over to hard plastic. And in the process yeah. of doing that, they're they're updating models and stuff like that. Like they just got done updating Rosie, Angela, and they gave them like three sculpts apiece. The new Emma's coming out, which is like these are all like classic, classic dust models that they're re- remaking. So I don't see why they wouldn't relook at some of the some of the old Fantasy Flight game sculpts. Cause. Yeah, because like the old U.S. Army Ranger stuff looks not great. <laughs> like it's not great on the tabletop, and it's not good rules wise. Like I wanted to play the the Rangers, like just to play them, but it's like nah, like it's <laughs> I can't get over the models. Like I'm gonna have to play Marines or Desert Desert Scorpions. Honestly, like I think they have the coolest looking stuff, probably. And that's the newest stuff, too. Desert Scorpions yeah. is, like, the newest. It's 3D rendered. It's uh, 3D 3D designed, 3D printed. And then it's, like, 
CAD CNC'd out of the metal plates before they are uh, for the for the plastic injection because these are going to be the first model kits that Dust is going to release fully that are plastic injected models. So yeah. It's like they're they're completely changing the way they do their thing. I don't know what the old Fantasy Flight games like rubber models were, but like I think it's kind of like similar to the way like X-wing plastic is that rubberized plastic yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And so they're moving away from that. But that was like when they had originally like kickstarted Dust and like they had like that's what they had access to. But now they're a full fledged studios that work on a number of games and all this stuff. So I think like really the like golden age for dust is probably going to be like this year, next year for their models and what they're coming out with. And like just the renders themselves are like bonkers for some of the stuff. And they yeah, did a lot of, a lot of brittle plastic. So it's like they're, they're moved. They've moved into the, the plastic territory. So yeah. Versus these Rangers. You want a camp agent. update? Of course I want a camp update. <laughs> So we've sold 18 tickets. So there's two early bird tickets left. But we've so fully sold 18. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this yet, but I'm going to anyway, because if I say it, it, then it's like made manifest and then it has to happen, right? Yeah, sure. That's how it works. So I've been talking with Henry, and Henry was talking about teaching a class. So he's coming over for the camp, which the <clears throat> camp is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So he was like, well, what if I came over early or stayed longer and then did a class while I was there as well, like a normal Cult of Paint class outside of the camp? Because at camp, the classes we're offering will be either free or really cheap, like, you know, 10, 20 bucks. They're not going to be like the expensive $100 class we did last year that lasted multiple days. So Henry's like, what if I did like outside of the camp but while I was there for camp, did another class. So we talked about it. We, what we think we're going to do is run a class at, at my gaming barn for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which would be the three days before the camp, right? So, But it's, it's not part of the camp. Totally different. But if you're coming in for the camp and wanted to take the whole week off, you could take the class, and then when the class is over, the camp will start the next day, if that makes sense. Or... If you just want to do the camp, you come in for the camp, just do the camp. Or if you just want to come for the class, come do the class and then leave and don't do the camp. But it's different. It's just because Henry's here and he's in this area. And he was like, well, I might as well do a class while I'm there. So we're like, well, what kind of class do we want to do? What would be unique? So what we've settled on is we're wanting to do a class where you paint the 160th scale Battletech mechs. So the idea is to get some of those printed up and it'll be a small class. I think 10 people max and we're only going to do it if we get f at least five or six people. But, uh, whatever, basically the, the cost of the class, we haven't fully come up with that yet, but the, cl whatever the class costs, the, pr the model will be included in the class. Like you'll pay, we'll give you the model. Uh, we'll give you a choice of certain ones, and you'll pick your model, and then you'll get to paint the full 160 scale Battletech thing. And then Wednesday night, we'll have a big uh, 160 scale Battletech match in the game barn before camp. Wow. 
What a value. <laughs> that's cool, man. I mean, that would go like for like that's a value in like you get to do like realistic tank painting and stuff like that. Like you get all the weathering techniques out of Henry and all that stuff. And then you also get the value of learning how to paint 3D printed models because there is it it's not the like pure plastic that you're used to and stuff like that. So very like yeah, it's a lot going on there. Should be a fun class. And then you get to play it at the end so you also get your BattleTech demo at it. So your yep. mega BattleTech demo. Well, it'll play the same as normal. It's just larger. One basically one inch will be five inches or six five inches is what we've got measured out to be. Ridiculous. So if something shoots, you know, ten inches on a standard game, it shoots fifty inches. <laughs> Slow down. Right? We're not all mathematicians around here. <laughs> We're yeah. not all trigonometry majors. Well, Scott is from fucking Kentucky, so we gotta walk yeah, in through I, something. Well, I don't believe in math and what you're saying is witchcraft, sir, so fucking stop blaspheming first, but but anyway, that's something that's kind of it's not part of the camp, but it does sort of tie in. So it'll give people who wanted to come for a full week or whatever or wanted that longer class, there is the opportunity to take something like that around the same time that kind of ties into the camp even though it is separate sitting outside of it. And the the other thing is uh well I don't know. I don't know where I was going to go with that. But it'll be cool. Like, because Henry's talking about doing a class and what, you know, what to paint and all that kind of stuff. And we were talking about different stuff. And I'm like, well, what if we painted these? Because we were talking about knights and all that. And I'm like, yeah, but CK already does the knights class. You know, everybody's painted knights, you know, this and that. And I'm like, and then we came up with that. And that sounds a lot cooler to me. <laughs> And if it's going to be in your barn, it better be fucking cool. So, but anyway, yeah, the camp thing is going good. We talked to the uh, the Oasis Diner, the people who I think make the best tenderloin, and they can cater tenderloins to the event. I kind of want to, like, uh, find the best tenderloin in Indiana, like who's rated number one, and I want to like take an Oasis Diner tenderloin in that place and like eat them next to each other. I'm like wrong, see, <laughs> wrong, <laughs> and then go to their wall and like knock their plaque down. <laughs> like, <laughs> you live on a throne. Analyze it right there. <laughs> What's well, food? So it's all sort of opinion based, anyway. But Oasis is my favorite. Plus, it's like ten minutes from the venue that we're having the camp at. Mm. Oasis Diner, catering heresy camp. Or I'm sorry, war but, game camp. Yeah, but if you guys are interested in the camp, like I said, we got two early bird slots left, and then once they're gone, they're gone, and then we still need to sell roughly twenty more tickets. Uh, between now and well, what was that date? May 12th, I believe, to make the camp happen. That's the cutoff. 
Love it, man. Fantastic. Ow. You want to do voicemails and then cut over to the interview? Yeah. So we didn't get any voicemails this week, but we do have an email. Uh, this came from M. Ronk. He says, Howdy, Michael. Apologies about contacting you on the heresy-related email about Dust 1948. Ow. Fucking cat. Sorry. Uh, about Dust 1947, but I'm not a Facebook user, so this was way more convenient. I've written in before, and I'd like to say thanks again to you, the RFI, and the RFZ boys. Uh, I'm, two a de- I'm a two-decade gamer, and I appreciate the content. Uh, I'm gonna ask to do my. I'm going to do my best to attend Adepticon this coming year, and I was thinking of getting into Dust 1947 and playing in the events. I don't care about winning or losing. I compete to make my miniatures the best looking and unique. Ryan saw my Dark Age ice cast at Michigan GT. They look great. He and he did some. Uh, there's this character. Uh, his nickname, because uh, his real name is really fucking long, but his nickname in the game is Luck, and the model for it is pretty shitty and old, and he converted his own, and it looked really fucking nice. So, and he won best painted at our event. Fucking hell. So he was asking. He says, "Does Dust nineteen forty seven? Does the Dust nineteen forty seven community care about the painting and hobby side?" Uh. Eh. do they care about it yes but do they is it like it is it the same level as like horus heresy or anything not even close i don't even think it's at the same level as warhammer 40k so like if you're wondering if like uh i i've yet to see any event or competition or tournament or anything like that for dust that has a best painted or best converted or anything like that because they sell premium models. So I don't know if that like deters them from having like any sort of painting competition or it's, it's very weird. Like it's very weird because they have such a high quality, like pre-painted miniatures. And I guess, I don't know if it's like hard to compete against those quality of miniatures or I don't know. I've yet to see any competition that cares about how your models are painted and there is like no standard to have your models painted. So you can legitimately go to an event and have your models primed and nobody gives a shit. Like it's like a, there's no painting standard in the Dust USA tournament or any sort of league like that. So it's the, basically Dust is more about the game, like actually playing the game than anything else. Yeah. Now there are you asked, does the community care about the painting and hobby side? So Brian Gamori is the Dust nineteen forty seven, like Dust USA Patriot, and like basically he runs a like a thirty days per month to get your shit painted event every month on the uh, Dust group. And so what he'll do is like he'll post a post. It's like, hey, you have thirty days to point thirty po- to paint thirty points, and it, it's like submit what you want to paint, get it painted by the end of the month, and we'll put you in a draw. And so he he does kind of push to get your models painted and, and all that jazz. 
You have people in the community like Scott Robertson out of Australia and the Dingoes in the Dust podcast. He paints and converts everything that he does and does. Like, he doesn't buy anything premium. He doesn't even buy normal kits. He goes out and buys a 148th scale mo- models that are just like World War II, mo- World War II models that he puts dust crew, dust weapons, and all that stuff on. And so that whole side of the game is probably where I prefer to be because that's like the what's called dustification side. And there's a bunch of groups out there called dustification for dust warfare and all this stuff. And those are models that you take like old tigers and you take uh, um, like the, the, the panthers and stuff like that and you convert them over to dust and then they have like custom cards and stuff like that that you make for them. And like those are like that side of the game is like my favorite part of the game. And then you have like a stoog with like a laser cannon and shit like that. Really cool stuff. Um, but you'll probably find it very hard to get in a tournament where that kind of stuff is allowed. Yeah, it's like just really for stuff for you to play with your friends with and stuff like that. Unless you start a community where all that stuff is allowed and just that stuff is cool. Like just pretty much how it works. Just. It's like, yeah, because like me, I started playing Dust. There's a few other people that here started playing Dust. We've never even played on a grid a single time. Like, I've never, I, I don't give a fuck. Like, I got all these nice looking tables. They have rules where you don't have to play with the grid. I know they try to push the grid and all that. Uh, it doesn't feel as good to me. It doesn't feel as much like a miniatures war game. It's not what I'm used to. And also, I have all this pretty terrain. Why would I want to just not use it and play on a mat with fucking squares drawn on it? So I don't. So, I mean, you really just kind of do what you want. I mean, I'm not going to be able to go to an event and play that way, likely, but it, it doesn't really bother me. Like, as long as my locals and I have a few other guys that want to play with me and we like playing that way, I don't see a problem with it for me, personally. Yeah, the way I see it right now is Dust 1947 gridded coming <clears throat> in. It took up a lot of newbie gamers. Like, they... they they created this gridded system to make quick games and they made this system to like get new players in. It's like Warhammer 40 K eighth edition. Like it's like super simple, like super like quick to get these new gamers in. But the problem (laughs) is there's these, uh, there's these like veteran war gamers out there that kind of have been like looking for these new game systems and stuff like that and they like world war ii aesthetic and things like that so you have all of these like war gamers who have this ability to maintain and handle this like really complicated war gaming like rules and stuff like that which are out there and it's like eventually i feel like the tournaments and stuff like that, once the community gets bigger and once the community gets a lot more veteran war gamers, not veteran dust players, like veteran war gamers, like people who are leaving, you know, X-Wing, War Machine, Warhammer, Heresy, anything like that, like all these veteran war gamers are going to look at these rules and be like, yeah, I could play the, the gridded version or I could do like the expanded version of Warfare, which has like, bigger maps, more more units and stuff like that. Like, I'm going to go ahead and look at these cards from Dust Vikings and stuff like that. Like, I, I want to have these, like, really cool armies and stuff that, like, Scott Robertson makes and stuff like that. I feel like that community is coming for the for America. That community is already 
in Sweden, that community is already in Australia. I think we're at the foundation of the American community being like that. And I don't think there's going to be very many dust events that are going to be like that. I don't think Dust USA is going to host any events that are like dust warfare and you can use the like where you'll be able to use the dust Vikings cards and everything like that. And like have all these uh, converted models and stuff. It's, it's just going to be like, you know, the same way that games workshop wouldn't host a Horus heresy event in the USA, you know, where you could, every, everything would be strictly them. You'll see events like, it's kind of like the centurion level. There's tons of centurion events out there. There's tons of, uh, um, like, I guess, fan-made rules that are that are picking up in horse heresy if it's a good comparison and that are yep. funner to play that are you know more enjoyable for veteran war gamers that it makes more sense to play this uh uh i guess optimized rule set you know or you know workable rule set and i think that's what most of these war gamers are going to see, see especially if it is what's weird with me with the gridded the gridded and ungridded and dust they're the same game like Literally, the only difference is you multiply the ranges by four because the squares on a grid are four inches. So you just multiply the ranges by four and you use templates. And pretty much other than that, it's the exact same game. Yeah, and I would say another thing that's different between the way that you play and the way that like is like tournament and like standard play is standard play is two mats. And like, you know, we play this like these four by six tables or, you know, yeah, these these big tables that we're used to playing, and really let these models stretch their legs out. Like it really makes the game more enjoyable, and like it's not like this quick like, you know, skirmish. These are like actual like warfare level games. I think that's what you're gonna see America adopting for the veteran war gamers versus like, you know. Mm-hmm. There's people out there that the like to play. Bullshit, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's people out there that like Kill Team. There's people out there that like Necromunda. There's people that like these little games. Like that's that. I get it that there's a community that enjoys that. If if you like, yeah. That, but if, what I'm getting at is these guys that play gridded. They're still playing 100 points. Like we're, me and Chris Duncan are still playing 100 points. We're just playing it on a fucking six by four table instead of playing it on a goddamn postage stamp that these guys play on. Because like I said, I went to the I've seen people play that way, and it I just I don't understand the appeal. You move your model one time, you roll dice, and then the rest of the game you just sit and sustain fire where you get to roll and then re-roll with that unit because you're in range of everything until it dies or your opponent dies. And that's how everything fucking plays. Yeah, but that's a dust mantra. They want stuff to die quickly and get off the table. Like it's it's supposed to be a forty five minute game that gets you out, like like versus a two to three hour game. You know, like on a four by six, you're you're taking this time. And We're you're... still playing in less than an hour of on a four by six table. You're still playing with the same number of units. They still die when you shoot them. It's just that there's like actual maneuvering and tactics and getting to move around the board as opposed to just like this flamethrower guy. It's just as valuable. It's just how many dice does this thing roll? Basically, I don't have to worry about ranges or whatever. Like this tank that shoots eighteen versus this dude with the flamethrower that shoots three are like it's totally leveled as far as like competitive wise, because they're both within range of each other because you move on five and they move on four. And now you're standing nose to nose and you're just rolling dice at each other. I don't understand it. 
I really don't, no, to be honest. No, yeah, no, I agree. That's that's why we play four mat over here. That's why we play four by six in in my in my meta too. I don't. It's just one of those things, man. Like, but at the same token, you know, I'm playing with all my local guys, and if we're gonna hold a tournament, it's gonna be a four mat tournament. Like, that's just we're all learning that method. And what's crazy is yep. I have all these new guys, and because I've introduced them to the community. I let them play the two mat system. We play the four mat system and they go, Oh yeah, no, I'm playing four mat. Like I'm going to use like, like this is way more fun than the two mat system. Yeah. And yeah. so I think you just have like, you're going to have so many people that have this realization like immediately that it's going to be like, okay. Like, especially if you're new coming to dust, it's like, like, yes, I can understand where you'd be introduced by a two mat system, but eventually you're going to want to yeah. play format. You're going to want to have, a like if you have a unit that shoots 18 squares then it's like why would you limit that to a nine square like matt like yeah i paid five extra points for him to shoot across a goddamn table but it's i don't know that's just how it is so so hopefully that answers your question i think uh well, and anyway, it's not even really nine squares when you think about it because they occupy, what, six? So you have to move on three to be on the table. So it's really only six. Yeah, it's it's what it is. I mean, that's just how it works. Uh, so y- your question is, does it care about the painting and hobby side? Like, the actual dust studio does not have any sanctioned, like, painting competitions and all that stuff but the dust community does care about it like we do same thing with like you know g-dub and stuff like that uh his next question was i'm having a devil of a time finding anything in stock anywhere dust main site dust usa miniature market etc thought or tips uh so Anything of the old stuff, the fantasy flight game stuff, you're going to have a hard time because there's this weird like transition that Dust Dust Game and Dust USA don't sell the fantasy flight game stuff. Miniature Market does only. And once Miniature Market sells out of that stuff, then Dust will start repacking and restocking those. And so there's some units that kind of got caught in that transition and they have release dates sometime in 2019 to get restocked. I know like the fireball just got repacked. Like there's units that are just now getting repacked and re-released in dust USA and stuff like that. Um, really when I jumped in, I just bought a bunch of people's used armies and used slots and just built my, built my stuff up on that. And that's probably going to be my main tip is to go to that dust, uh, dust trading page. And there's people who, have the Kickstarter boxes unopened that sell all the time on there. So, but that's where I got half my stuff. Yeah. If you want to email me what army you're playing or what block you're planning on playing or faction, I can walk you through on like probably the best steps to find this stuff for that faction. Um, so Lassie says, curious to know if you have any size comparison to any other game manufacturers. Dust scale is all over the place. I'm looking to swap out heads and possibly weapons, and I want to make sure I'm in the realistic ballpark. Uh, so with that, it's 148 scale, but it's not 148 uh, 
heroic. It's more like 148, like realistic scale. So if you go and look at like 148 heroic scale heads and stuff like that, like mad robot miniatures and stuff, the heads are going to look just a little bit too big on dust stuff. They're going to look just a little bit oversized and stuff like that. Good news is um, talking with, uh, with mad robot, he's talked about maybe bringing some of those heads down a little bit in size to work with dust miniatures. So that's probably something in the future. And as it gets bigger, you're going to have people who are going to do these conversion kits and stuff like that. Uh, and another good thing to look forward to is if you are looking at doing head swaps and possibly weapons, that is something that Dust USA and Dust Game currently offer is head swaps for most of their factions and stuff like that. And it's and also, from what I understand, it's something that's on the way. It looks like... because. Uh, Currently, they offer the uh, the Australian heads. They offer the uh, the French Foreign Legion heads and stuff like that. I know PLA heads are on the way, and it seems like because most of their models are all kind of in the same pose, they all have the same type of head plug that they can fit into. They're supposed to release like a number of faction heads to replace these models, and so like if you want like all like Australian hats, you can have Australian hats. If you want all berets, you can have all berets. If you want all, like, of the Chinese rice patty head, that's coming too. So, uh, something to consider in that as well. So, weapons, 148th scale weapons, for some reason, dust weapons <coughs> are more heroic scale. So,. If you got a 148 scale Thompson or something like that, it's going to look really lame compared to the dust weapons. It's like the dust weapons are like 135th scale, but the models themselves are 148. I don't know why they do that, but that's just... It's a definitely a Scott Robertson question because he, like... I believe he buys like 135th scale Brownings to put on his 148th scale tanks because that's how dust aesthetic looks. I don't know. That's just... It's bonkers. It's 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 something I barely understand, but I can like talk a little bit <clears> on <throat> it for your question. So, but I definitely encourage you to go look at the Dingoes of the Dust podcast. They are on Facebook, and you'll see all of Scott's conversions. And it sounds like you're a exceptional painter and exceptional converter as well. <coughs> Sorry throat's dry so i appreciate you taking the time and again thanks for the content should you make it out to adepticon this year i'll happily owe you and the boys a beer man i should really start taking people up on these beers they offer like <laughs> we should we probably get pretty hammered for free one day so definitely appreciate that but that's it. It's the only email we got. We did get an email f about Wargamer Camp about a certain green stuff applicator. Some green stuff modeler who wanted to hold a class, but we'll get more into that. Uh, curious on what you guys feel about that. If you want us to have a class dedicated to green stuff modeling and stuff like that. So we'll see. But we did get reached out to. Um, 
Anything else you guys want to throw in before we kick over to this sweet, sweet CK Studios interview? No. That's it. All right, guys. So we're going to go and kick over to Caleb and Kat with CK Studios, and uh, we will throw you guys some music. Y'all have a good one, guys. All right, guys, what's going on? So we have two special guests for you, like we had mentioned in the show. We brought on powerful Caleb and Kat from doing? CK Studios. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, hey. So we got you guys on the show. Mainly because y'all have been uh, making some waves. Y'all have been uh, making a whole bunch of noise in the hobby scene right now. Uh, just, just changing everything, really, as far as I understand. Um, it looks like <laughs> you, you, you're growing your team. You got airbrushes getting designed up, everything like that. Like, what's going on, guys? What, what, well, how are y'all doing, for one? Let's, let's start with something simple. How's everything going? <laughs> We're doing great. We are so, like you said, we got so much going on right now. We are so busy um, the, getting new product out there, um, building our, our team, like you mentioned, um, new classes. We have we have new offerings. Um, We're adjusting existing offerings. You're going to you get to join us for the 102, um, man, in a week. Uh, oh, I'm dating the show. But whoops. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, next week. <laughs> You know, we get to <laughs> uh, we get to paint on that new org. I'm so excited for it. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, we're we're just we're rocking and rolling right now. We're busy. I I believe it, man. It's uh, I'm I'm super excited for next week, dude. I'm like, I can't believe this. We're already in November. It blows my mind. And it's just it's so funny because I think to myself, it's like, man, I got so much stuff going on. You know, we just got done with Heresy Camp and all that. You know, less. Oh, a little bit over a month ago now, and like I look at your guys's uh, uh, CK alumni post, you know, because I'm part of that CK alumni group, and y'all are just like <laughs> flying all over the place, left and right, just like airbrushing the world, and I'm just like, man, how, how are they doing it? Like, there's no way. <laughs> airbrushing the world, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. To me. It's crazy. I need a T-shirt with that. <laughs> her brushing the world that is so cool so so yeah so what have you guys been working on like i've, I've noticed y'all have definitely been doing some <laughs> overseas classes like i saw that but you know it just, yeah it's finished up with denmark go ahead cat sorry no oh, go ahead uh, yeah we just finished we finished up with denmark super fun class we did a 101 102 um combo um exhausting exhausting but <laughs> amazingly fun um as soon as we got done with that we were literally packing up the class throwing airbrushes into bags and we got whisked away to germany um had to make a little trip down to hamburg um amazing amazing trip so um for the for the listeners that don't know we we've we've moved over we're, we're getting I, I don't know how you want to word that um we we have we are now working with Harder and Steenbeck. Um, we're super excited. Denmark was actually our first official class where we got to offer Harder and Steenbeck to our students. We got to teach on the brushes. Everything was amazing. We really got a feel for the brushes. Um, it's exciting about that. And then jam down to Hamburg and actually go to the Harder and Steenbeck factory. We got to take a look at, at our new brushes. Um, we got to play with with all of this stuff that they're developing and i mean 
I, we, we can't talk about it, but oh my goodness, the stuff that they have coming out in the future is amazing. Uh, I, I've never... It's so exciting. They're so progressive in what they're doing, and the time and energy they're putting into developing the front end of an airbrush is just crazy. I, 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 I've, I've never heard of it. I mean, when's the last time you guys saw like major advancements in airbrush technology? I think I think the newest airbrushes that came out were, let's see, the the Sotar. I mean, I guess you have the Extreme, which is kind of a, a it's an adjustment of an existing product, but like a brand new airbrush is probably probably Iwata Eclipse would be the latest big change, right? And I mean, and that mm-hmm. was mid nineties. Um, so especially anything the, infinite, like, the Infinity also. Yeah, anything. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like anything like targeted towards the like miniature modeler you know it's like there hasn't been much much Mm-mm. coming out yeah so yep and oh yeah they're so excited to actually start focusing on the the miniature hobbyist market and really really enjoying it we're, we're such a unique crowd <laughs> we really are we're, we're a unique target market and they're really trying to do a lot to kind of understand our culture and figure out what we need. And they've done a brilliant job pairing up with a couple of entities in different places in the world, being us and Cult of Paint. You're literally on both sides of the world on this for your saturation points of gamers and hobbyists and stuff. And so they really have done a good job of going out there and, and finding where they can tap into getting to know the market and understand the hobbyist and understand what they want and what they need. And it's, it's really cool. They're, they're so progressive on so many fronts, so many fronts. Yeah. They absolutely found like the right people who like, like as a, as a community, we trust. (laughs) It's like, okay, like (laughs) brilliant. It's, it's a, I don't know. I know y'all are going to tell me like crap. They came after us, so that was they. They definitely knew what they were doing. They had a game plan. <laughs> Some crazy they're, they're, German. They're smart tactics, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, I think it's brilliant. It's been really neat working with them. Really neat working with them as a company. I'm trying to envision yeah. what that Hamburg facility looks like in my head. It's like all white, oh. and everybody is like. <laughs> Dude, no, it's extremely Robot. clean. <laughs> and what's that, Caleb? Robots. Robots everywhere. There's sky robots in there. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think I saw a T1000 garden the the infinity room. <laughs> right. I'm just assuming everybody you... wears lab coats in there. Like, I just, I don't, like, in my head, that's harder than Steve Eggage's, like, a bunch of lab coats and, like, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's a very clean facility man they they know how to run a tight ship they have so much manufacturing going on there yet it's just a pristine environment and you can you get to see we got to see how each and every one of their machines the in-house every component of their brushes and now they're doing their needles in-house it's 100 percent in-house so they they go from design to you know as as they were working on different elements of our brushes it go into design mode and they would walk it downstairs and say do it see what you can do with this and it gets done i mean 
It was yeah. so cool. And you can literally, if you ever, ever, ever are in Hamburg for whatever reason, go do a tour of that place. I've got two really totally good friends in Hamburg. So yeah. Yeah. My buddy. We, do it. <laughs> we got to see, we got to see him take just this, this rod of, of brass. It was brass. Just a, a solid rod and they put it in this machine and did it went in and started milling it. And the, the entire body of the brush is made out of one piece. It's it's an, it's amazing, dude. The way the way it worked, it was oh. it was it was so cool. I I can't. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It was each and every single piece and component of their airbrushes is literally like being made in that building and on a different machine from just a bare metal rod. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so cool and i mean i maybe we're super 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 nerdy about airbrushing but it was really fun to see the quality of that going on <laughs> really fun so you like basically like lived a how it's made episode of like how it's made <laughs> like yes. harder and steve airbrush yeah <laughs> except you probably exactly. have exactly like, some cool dude who like has English as his second language, German as his first, so he like had like a really cool accent when he was explaining everything. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and, actually, he's, he's, the crazy is he's, he's from, so, he's from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah, he's but from... I, I thought he was a, a Brit. I mean, he's got a, a to me, like <laughs> uneducated American. <laughs> his his accent just sounded like a a, a British accent. You know, very. Uh, more of the high, not like cockney or anything like that, but or, what it, I, I posh, don't know. <laughs> a posh accent. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. But it was very interesting, and they, and you know, getting to talk to him, find out everything, got the history behind Carter and Steinbeck, and the history of of actually Warwick and Will, who are now running Harder and Steinbeck, is once I bought a purchase, they moved them in, and these guys have been like on the cutting edge of development for airbrush companies for the last 25 years. Um, mm -hmm. If it's a big advancement, they've, especially Will from what I understand, we didn't get to meet Will, but from what I understand is um, he is like the, the guru sensei of airbrush. Like, like the, the mitochondriates talk to him about airbrushes. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it was, it was neat. It was it was such a uh, it was an exciting experience. Uh, I was pretty taken taken aback by all of it, just because uh, I don't know. It was just different. It was neat. It was it was really really neat. I'm I'm sure when when you had Andy and Henry talking, they probably talked about their trip to to the factory too. And it's just mind blowing. Yeah, it's a it's a it's definitely like one of those experiences where you're like, man, I kind of want to make this really weird pilgrimage to Hamburg <laughs> to go look at how an airbrush is made. Like, uh, I guess I can go look at art and like graffiti and stuff, but like, man, at the same time, like I'm gonna go to the Hamburg facility. It's a it's like one of those weird experiences, I guess, that you guys like probably not in a million years guess you'd be doing, <laughs> and like until it was right? happening. <laughs> it, pretty much <laughs> yeah pinch yourself so that's cool man so like walk me through this so you get contacted by harder and Steamback, right and you, then uh -huh. you, you make a pilgrimage to the factory and all that stuff why are y'all there what, what, what was going down 
something special. <laughs> I feel like magic was being uh? bottled or like lightning was being bottled. <laughs> Absolutely. You should tell him, Caleb. Uh, well, so the reason we're there, um, I guess a little back history. Cat Cat has been talking to me for a while and she says, you know, you always have all these little things you dislike about all the airbrushes that you use. And we talk about that in class. Like, I love this about this airbrush and I dislike this and I like this. And like that. She's like, you need to go develop your own brush. And we've talked to a few companies and we've worked with a few companies and some of their responses were like, you know, this isn't a candy shop where, you know, where we build what we build and stuff like that. And uh, so when hard-earned steam came to us, one of the things they asked us, they said, well, what would you guys like to do? What would you guys like to do with us? You know, and Kat, of course, instantly jumps in. She says, we want to build a brush. We want to build a brush. And so they said, hey, well, we have a really good program for you to come take a look at it. It's called it's our Build a Brush program. You know, and if people are aware of Hard-Earned Steambeck, you can go onto the Hard-Earned Steambeck site and you can choose from um, an Ultra or an... No, just an Infinity. Oh, well, no, just I think an Infinity. Evolution, right? The Evolution and no. the Infinity. Oh, it's just, just the Infinity? Okay, sorry. Uh -huh. Um. Anyways, you can go and you can pick your color and um, they can do some mild engraving on it. Uh, they can put your name on it. Cat I, I, got me a brush a few years ago and it's it's called the Black Stallion. It's all pure black brush and stuff. It's cool. But anyways, I digress. Um, they, they, they said, hey, we got this program, you know, why don't you come in and take a look at it? And we started talking with Warwick about it and um, he got really excited about it. He's like, well, let's, let's, let's do more. Why, why just settle for, for what is the, the normal? Let's, let's go crazy. This is your candy shop. Pick, pick out what you want. And so we got to sit down there and we got to, to look at all the options. We got to look at, um, different finishes, all that stuff. And we came up with what we, what we feel, what, which CK studios, we feel it very, it, it suits what we want to do and what we're teaching at, at, at CK Studios. If, if you guys have attended one of our classes, you kind of know what we're talking about. We're very much about making sure that um, the equipment that you have is functional. Um, it's more about the process than it is about the the bling of it, I guess I, I would say. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. You know, you know, we talk about, hey, this is the reason that you want to use this is because of this. This is where you're going to get games. We're not so so much interested in in kind of creating the the myth or the the legend of how great an airbrush should be. We're, we're just like, hey, let's teach you guys to be confident and use what you have and make the most out of everything you have. And that's what we've done with this brush. We feel we sat down and, um, you know, Kat put it so succinctly when, uh, when you know we've discussed this a little bit in in a few groups and stuff, and um, Kat said, you know, our goal was to bring the highest quality airbrush to the market at a reasonable price at a, at a realistic price for a hobby tool and that's ultimately what the airbrush is it is a hobby tool um so we we, we shied away from a lot of the bling factors um you know it's not gold plated and it doesn't have rubies and diamonds on it or anything like that you know nothing it's, it's, it's not the, the pimp cup of airbrushing but um you know it, it's gonna function and it's gonna do everything that you need it's got all the options you need. It doesn't have anything you don't. And that that was our goal, is to, to just put something right there. And I think we nailed it with this brush. I'm super excited about it. It's it's based on the Evolution line. Um, I love the Evolution line. I know that the Infinity line is incredible. I mean, 
just, all the airbrushes are incredible. If you get a hard arm steam back in your hands and you feel that trigger action, you're 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 lost, you're sold uh, right at that point. Um, but I just really like the evolution because I didn't feel that it left much on the infinity. Um, but that price, you know, we're very price conscious. We want to make sure that there's a good value so that it's attainable for the hobby community. We don't want to have a have something that we talk about and we push to everybody and we're like, oh, it's so it's so great, it's so great, but only 10% of you guys can afford it, you know? That right. that sucks. And that wasn't our goal. We wanted to make this as um, available to the community as possible. And that was our goal. When we went in here and we looked at everything that we were choosing, all of the options, um, we, we looked at, okay, does this serve a purpose or is this more of a, of a, of a, I don't want to say gimmick because I mean you know all the all the parts on an airbrush serve a purpose. Whether it's it's um, the clicky on the back, you know the 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 what do they call it? The quick quick fix quick fix, or um, it's the adjustable air valve at the bottom of the brush, or it's the fine line adapter on the front of the brush. Whatever you know, there's all of these options that you can get. And we just looked at each of those options and we said, you know, is is this a necessity? Is this something that would really increase the the value of the brush to the user not not the value of the brush and price but the value of the brush to the user um and that's what we did we went through and and i think that we landed right at that sweet spot where um it's both affordable and uh so it's economical economical yeah, it's yeah. affordable that yeah. better um it's affordable but it is functionable i mean this brush We've talked about it before a little bit, and it's not an exaggeration when you're looking at, especially the new needle design that's coming out from Hard Arm Steambeck. You're getting um, performance range of a 0.4 that we haven't seen in what we term a base coating brush or a workhorse brush. The performance range that you're getting in it from tight detail, really fine line work, all the way up to base coating and uh, terrain options. Don't know if I would really want to base coat terrain with that brush you might be a little but any point four, any point five, you're going to be a while base coating terrain but i mean th that range of, of ability that that range of function of that brush i think we nailed it i think it's it's right there um and of course we we chose that point four nozzle size um just because it's incredible the the range of it if we go to the point two um you know and that was an option we talked about the point two starts to limit it as a detail brush and we want to make sure that it serves as big of a function in the hobby as possible because 90 percent of your airbrushes are probably not going to go in and try to paint the teeth of the orc with the airbrush um, so do we really need a brush that's going to be doing that kind of fine line work um, for miniature painting there are instances circumstances where you probably do want super fine detail but we feel that that point for really bridge that that gap um, we like that. Another thing that we really stress in, in the CK Studios classes is learning your air pressures, um, learning how to adapt your air pressure. When 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 we teach the students, when we talk to the students, we're like, you know, don't don't look at the number on your compressor. How many times I I tell you that, you know, oh, in your yeah. classes, is don't don't look at the number. I mean, get a good base idea of where you're at for your PSI, but don't look at that number because don't get fixed on that. Get fixed on how the airbrush is performing and how you need to adjust the airbrush. Um, so with that. They, uh, they have an incredible, I don't know how I never saw it before, I guess it's been out for a while, but they have a valve that actually seats into the brush. It's not on the hose, 
Um, so you know you're not spinning that little dial on the side of the hose, but it's actually um, at the bottom of the where the air connects to the brush. Right. It's it's uh, like a, it's part of the cylinder of it, and you spin that clockwise, and it will adjust the air pressure. And what we got was we got the second generation on it. Ah, man, I always forget the the numbers. For, it's it's called like the F FPC. FPC. Mm-hmm. FPC valve. Um, so I mean, if you're curious about this, just look up Hardring Steenbeck. FPC valve. Um, we've chosen to put that on the brush. I thought that was just an incredible uh, addition to the brush or, or an add-on to the brush that you can put to really fine-tune your air pressure. So now as you're painting and your 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 paint is acting up a little bit, you can adjust that air pressure. And then the new second generation gives it even finer, uh, finer adjustment. And it's a little easier to spin too. So I was very impressed with it. I love the whole design. Um, that is pretty much what we were looking at i mean really for for adapting to the brush um we looked at you know the different tips the different front ends and stuff like that um and of course we we chose black as the color of the brush how do you how do you not choose black i mean that's just that always makes a sexy airbrush um so ours is black and silver it's it'll have a nice ck logo on the side and everything like that so i'm i'm super excited for it prototypes um are pretty much I think they're pretty much done. We're, we're kind of determining cups and things like that right now. But um, yeah, as soon as, uh, as soon as this big, this big kickstart that they have gets over with, um, they can retool. They're gonna have to shift over with tooling. Um, and I think our, our brush is next on the queue to, to go into to production. So we're super excited. I, I am equally as excited for you guys. There's like, I just think about, you know, you take these classes with you and, you know, you taught us in the class, you're like, you know, this is definitely an airbrush portion of the model. Then we're going to switch to this brush portion. And like knowing that you're like, you've developed these airbrushes where it's like, look, we're not trying to like paint pupils here. Like we're trying to like, you, there's like, these are exactly what you need for this portion of the hobby that you use it for. And it's like, you're going to have to pick up your brush at some point, And like, that's, you know, there, I'm sure there are airbrushes out there that are like these specialty, like insane brushes. It's like it's like no, we like we don't need the spoiler on the Honda. We need like we it's got to go. Yeah. That's super cool, man. Like I'm I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited because you know what us as uh, miniature modelers and students need. Like it's it's very cool. Like, mm-hmm. I'm super excited that like it was placed in your hands. It's uh super exciting to to see that. Yeah. Now that that doesn't get you off the hook for having to actually paint the pupils on a model because yeah. in the no, you... that that part of the challenge of the 102 I had a couple of students in Denmark that that attempted it with me um so you're going to give it an attempt you're going to give it a shot oh, right. we'll have we'll have it we'll have an evolution and an infinity there so you can practice your 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 pupils with the harder and steam back brushes too that'd be fun my orc is gonna look like he took some like special orc dust some some warp dust (laughs) all dilated (laughs) i think you have to paint teeth too with it yeah i can't remember if the new if the new orc has teeth or not the new orcs oh man we're using the orc rager um from um black sun miniatures and it just came out in their big september release and um, it was really fun. We got to see this in development a few months before it even went live. So we'd, we'd known about this 
this orc that he let us pick out for our next run of students or next run of classes on the 102. So we had to sit on that quietly for a long time, knowing that this orc was coming up and we couldn't tell anybody about it for the classes yet because <laughs> it is gorgeous. This thing is so nice. And I think, I think everybody will start receiving their, their model soon. So we'll be able to actually, um, publish some of it hopefully by the end of your class we'll be able to go live with pictures of it we'll go ahead and get permission from them to make sure we can um he wanted to make sure that everybody got their models before pictures started going out on the internet so we're dying to get this one together because you guys are going to be the first run in that class of this new orc model and it is awesome super fun it's gonna be so fun to airbrush i can't remember who was like john christensen who pointed in the alumni he was like talking about it and He's like, he's like, yeah, we're gonna paint uh -huh. this orc, and I was like, okay, what? Like, I was like, okay, it's just another whatever. It's just an orc. Like, we're gonna paint this. That's cool. And then I look at it, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I want that. Like, I don't like, I don't like. I'm, <laughs> oh wow, that's super cool. Like, it was like immediately like, I don't play orcs. I've never played orcs. They've like, you know, they're fun. Whatever, I get it. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Like, that's that looks so. Much, that's such a cool model. I couldn't, oh, uh -huh. the veins, the teeth, everything, every detail about that orc was freaking cool, man. Oh, That's awesome. Oh, you're going to love it. And the quality of the models, oh my gosh, Caleb was just telling me about that today. I haven't seen them yet. They went to, to his studio and he said they are so, they're, they're, they were made and cast so well that they're seamless. And they came in very few parts. We'll have them a little bit sub-assembled so people can practice doing different things on different parts of it. But um, he's, he was very impressed with it because he's got to build all these models so for class. So he was really excited at the quality of the build. It was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> They're really well done. They're really well done. And I can tell you we haven't had that conversation a whole bunch of times. <laughs> it's usually, oh, man. I've got 18 of these to build and they're, they're just so bad. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I remember a class where, where Caleb had to assemble some, a model that was quite bent when he was pulling them out of the box. I was like, Oh man, that's gotta, uh -huh. he's like, well, sometimes they're bent. You gotta bend them back where your hair drying stuff before class. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So very cool, man. Yep. So very cool. So y'all went to Harder and Steam back and y'all developed a brush that will be perfect for mm -hmm. us modelers at a price point that you thought was like, you just like, this is good. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited mm -hmm. to see this. Like I, uh, I'm a, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be like a really good, hopefully Christmas present. I'm hoping like it's, if not a new year's <laughs> present, maybe Valentine's. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So what what else have you guys That's been working fun. on? Um, we've got, oh we did do another brush. We have another brush coming out. It's a pink brush, um, kind of, with our intention is kind of a, a celebration to the ladies in the hobby, and um, kind of an, a a nod to that and some acknowledgement which i think will be really fun so that's a second kind of project that we're doing with harder and steamback and that one's actually going to be an infinity and um the i got to go in and and 
really work with them to build this brush. And so it's been a very, very fun project um, to work on. And it's it should be extremely unique looking. Um, going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome brush. And so I think we probably will be releasing them about the same time if we don't release them at exactly the same time. Um, they may be coming to us at the same time. So that's going to be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. So we actually have two brushes coming up. So yeah, one one of oh, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say one of the one of the options that Harder and Steamback. I mean, they're they're constantly wanting to up their game. They're constantly wanting to get better at what they're doing. Um, and one of the options that they offer with the build a brush, of course, is you get to to get it customized. You can get it engraved with your name or a logo or whatever on it. And they're they're constantly advancing that. And so when they came to Cat with this with this the pink brush, um, that's what they call it at Harder and Steamback is the pink brush. Um, when they they call it the cat, the cat brush. Oh, the cat brush. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the forty cat. <laughs> Sorry, inside <laughs> joke. Uh, but anyways, uh, um, you know when they came to her with that brush, uh, they said, you know, challenge us, challenge us, and let's see what we can do. And so she came up with some incredible ideas. I mean, we don't know. You know, it's it's taking a whole bunch of darts and throwing them at a dartboard and seeing which ones stick. Yeah. Um, but they are 100% behind trying out all of these ideas. They're going to try different things like engraving on the side of a cup, which is just incredible. Um, trying to engrave the back of a brush. The Who knows? Maybe they're going to try to engrave the inside of the nozzle or something. <laughs> I, I joke about that. I don't if think that would work. <laughs> You know, and and that's part of what we're seeing, and that's part of what Harder and Steamback's all about. That's why they're they're working with Cult of Paint. That's why they're working with us. Um, is they want to advance the brush. They want to advance the airbrushes for our hobby, and they're so excited about doing it. They're they're so willing to to try new things. Um, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, just, I'm super enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing, cat. Like, so, so, I'm so glad that they gave you the like. They gave you the torch, and they were like, "Hey, just go ahead and run with it." And then I'm guessing you had like full artistic freedom to like, "I want this and this and this." Because I feel like in this was, color, yeah, I feel like if it was left to anybody else, it would just be like we'd have a black brush that said like "cat" on the side <laughs> of it. I'm like, yeah, that looks tight. But, like, I can only imagine, like, with the way your mind works and, like, some of the art I've seen you put out, like, I can only imagine, like, how insane this brush is going to look. Which, in the end, would have been, like, an art piece that nobody else would have ever made because it would have, like, nobody would think of that except for, like, a, a true artist like yourself. Like, so, <laughs> like, you're actually going to bring something that's going to be like, oh, yeah, I want that. Like, I, I, I need that. I need the, cat the, brush. the brush itself would be a piece of art. That would be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be black. Oh, yeah, this is tight. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> it's like perfect. And I, I, can, I can remember us sitting there as, as he's putting this stuff together. And I'm like, black, really? <laughs> and every, like, every guy there really? is like, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. 
I'm I'm going to defy the odds. I'm putting a pink airbrush out there. (laughs) It's going to be great. I guarantee it's going to be huge. It's it's one of those options that like once we see it, you know, you're just like, I, I swear every time I see something that's like, like super artistic, just has this like gorgeous design to it. You know, like like old school car calligraphy. And you're just like that looks incredible, but that's not something that I would have ever like thought to make myself. Like I would have been like, I would have just painted that car black. <laughs> <laughs> it would have just been red. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm glad that you got to get this like artistic freedom on a brush yourself because we sure need it. <laughs> we sure need it. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what I'm kind a fan of, like... of I'm a fan of the black brushes. <laughs> and I got tears in my eyes. I'm laughing so hard. What kind of ghost <laughs> flames and like uh, pinstriping this brush is going to have. That's <laughs> what, we, what we need. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. No, I really can't wait to see this happen. <laughs> Like I, I, I was telling you earlier, Michael, if, if, if 10 people want to pick up a pink brush, I think that's going to be awesome and fun. Oh, I think you're going to have way I, more than 10. <laughs> like, I think it's going <laughs> to blow it out of the water. <laughs> it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. And I really do. I want to make sure that <laughs> I think Caleb and I pretty much do everything within literally with intention with what we put into this and so there is a bit of intention behind that where the black brush is definitely geared towards the being the tool that you can afford that'll do everything you possibly need it to do yeah the utility and, the utility brush yeah yeah the, the utility brush that performs like a high detail brush as well and it's just awesome and the pink brush is just really on the intention behind it. It's just a solid nod to the, the women that are in this hobby and to see something out there a little bit feminine and it be hopefully at least acknowledged in some way that that's, that there's something out there like that. Um, I hope some people take note. I think that would be really cool. Because um, we have a lot of really fantastic artists in the industry that are women, and it's going to be neat to see that out there. I'm, I'm really excited about that. So huge intention behind it. Um, really celebrating, celebrating the girls in the hobby too. It's going to be a lot of dudes with that pink brush. I can already tell you. I get it's for the women. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of guys. Well, it's it's for it's for if if I I would love to see a campaign where guys that are really willing to kind of give a, give the nod to the ladies too and picked up a pink airbrush. And what if we ran some kind of a, a campaign where people could show their support, a picture with their airbrush or something. And it just have some value, um, added value to the experience. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what I do, what I have time to do. I think that would be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited kind to of. see what you've done with it. Like I, I know it's going to be one of those things where it's going to, like come off the line and you're just going to like do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> then rub your chin like, Hey, <laughs> the, hot r- the, the low rider comes cruising down the strip. <laughs> that's oh, that's awesome. How fun. How fun. How fun. That's cool. That's, that's super that's cool it. that they just like let you guys just go like, 
kid in the candy store. Like, I want to put this peanut butter in the chocolate, and then we're going to like do this, and then we're going to dip it in cherry. That's so cool that they just let y'all go to town in their factory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does this yep. do? Oh, that laser stuff. How much, what can we laser? Whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly. Challenge me. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this exactly where I've never seen anybody engrave anything on an airbrush before. I want it around the paint cup, and I want it around the back end of the brush. <laughs> okay, we're gonna try it. And so they're going to. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the end result is. We should get pictures of it. It's in. Um, I know our brush is getting photographed now. It's um, out with their media people. Um, so they're starting to put all the marketing stuff together for it. And then um, my brush will go into having the pictures done too. So should have those soon. My oh my. And that'll this be our, our first glimpse of it. Thought. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's exciting. All right. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Well, super cool. That's so awesome, guys. I'm, I'm so happy that like that you got hooked up with a with a, a the the best airbrush company at this point. It's what I feel like. And y'all just really just mm-hmm. like y'all are, y'all are knocking it out of the park with uh, with some of the stuff you're you're bringing along. And it's so cool that like the entire time you had us humble hobbyists in your mind, us newbies that are coming into airbrushing and you know it's like you know you, it's like you're, you're fighting for the people man like you, you guys are <laughs> you're uh, champions of the people come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're the people too we're uh you know we're definitely yeah hobbyists. we're we're definitely hobbyists um i'd like to get more gaming in that's for sure but oh yeah we're, we're definitely hobbyists. <laughs> That's exciting. That's super exciting. So you were talking about uh, uh, your team getting built up. What's going on with that? What's uh, what's what's shaking over at the CK? Is it going to like change the name? Is it going to be like is <laughs> more letters are going to get added, jumbled in, or what? <laughs> All right. Did we? I think we might have lost Caleb. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, you are. Oh, okay, sorry. Yep. Oh, it just went so quiet. I'm not <laughs> used to that. He was thinking about he was thinking about telling Harder Steve back to stop the pictures before they add they'd have to add more letters. <laughs> Hearing my voice, you guys want to hear the sultry voice? Oh man! Nice try, nice nice try. Thanks, thanks, Caleb. Vote <laughs> of confidence there. Um, we have. Um, oh my gosh, we have had so much fun. Really um, kind of wrapped our head around what we want to do with CK Studios and kind of some of the direction we want to go in with it. And so have really kind of embraced a lot of people to, to expand our team out and, and have a lot of fun working with this group of people. Um, we get to talk to them collectively, like on, on the daily, and um, just a really fun group of people. So um, we decided to ask some people that we have a lot of confidence in and their both their training and their knowledge and love of kind of the hobby and the people that we enjoy doing the workshops with. And so kind of in really filled some really cool niches within 
CK Studios, and it's allowing us to expand out the classes we're offering. Um, so one of the first ones is uh, we're working with Vincent Venturella. Nice. He's already, yeah, he's going to be teaching um, in Philadelphia in February. I think there are 14 people signed up already in that class, and it's the 103 Titan class. So that's one to get into if you can. Um, I don't know if you personally follow Vince's work or not, but um, we've been there in the UK when we watched him win a, a Golden Demon um, for his entries over there. And his work with Titans, it's one of his absolute favorite models to work on, is absolutely phenomenal. What am I saying? Titans? Yeah, with knights. Sorry, I do that all the time. Knights. Knights. Yeah, yeah. Knights, for, guys. Sorry. For those not not right Titans. Now knights. That, like, because like Vincent Ventrella, he's like freehand, like God, right? Like, like this dude, like freehand, oh, insane. Like, if, I'm he, sure if you guys like are thinking of like, do I know this guy? He's the dude that painted that Imperial Knight that has the roses on its uh, on mm -hmm. its pauldrons and like the skulls on mm -hmm. its uh, on its shins. But those roses, man, like mm -hmm. it's just you you can't process. You're like, those are like how <laughs> like how like. What is going on? Like a Sistine mm -hmm. Chapel going on here? Can we, can we take a minute? At what point is this not? Don't play with that. Don't put it <laughs> on a table. So, <laughs> yeah, he's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And and his first class with us is going to be in February, and um, it's going to be just kind of shortly after LVO, but it'll be out in Philly, and that element of exposure to his technique to do some of that stuff. And it's not just what you're talking about with his artistic skills is also embracing the dude's utter complete astonishing knowledge of composition. And that's something that he doesn't teach and make you feel like you're learning composition. It just is how he actually puts his work together. And so, so much of what he's going to bring to the table is so well-rounded. I, I am going to go out there to assist in that class too. I'll be going with the instructor still. And <laughs> admittedly, I'm really looking forward to getting to sit through Vince's class. Nice. Even just to be observing it because he is hands down one of my favorite American artists for any of the, um, the army work. And there's, there's several of them out there, but the fact that he has so many, so much time behind him for teaching already. Um, he work he does work at some of the, um, conventions and he has his YouTube channel that just has a phenomenal library of videos. So he comes from a very solid place and, um, has really refined what he knows and how to, convey it so anybody that gets to sit through one of his classes i think is absolutely lucky lucky we're so excited to get to have vincent out there for everybody to get to kind of enjoy and his first class is in in february and we've got um several more months and we're working out venues right now for the next classes that he'll be doing and he's got some neat classes out there tank wars is a vehicle class and we may be adding infantry to it so you do a full um big vehicle and some infantry in that class in a weekend and nail it out to vincent's level of painting and it should be above tabletop for both in one weekend with vince that's that insane. that one's gonna be fun 
So, yeah. so like you're saying like so, what Vince will bring to the table on like his class is going to teach you like you say his composition. Like I've always noticed with his models, especially when you start working in freehand and stuff like that, like uh, you see a lot mm-hmm. of these models where you have so much freehand, like it kind of looks like garish where you're like, that's so unbalanced because mm-hmm. you have so much freehand work here and like you've covered this entire mm-hmm. model. I can't see what's going on, but with like Vincent stuff, everything is like balanced and appropriate where it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and like nothing overpowered. Like you've got like the, the standard model, like, like in the case of that night, you had the, the helmet, the face, his, his, mm-hmm. his, uh, his carapace was all standard model, but he had these like points of like really well balanced, uh, um, freehand work everywhere. And so I guess like that, that that's a huge deal mm-hmm. for me. Like I look at his work and you're like, man, that's, that looks great. That doesn't look like he tried to force freehand to like show off his painting skills. It looked like mm-hmm. he put it in there as like a, like, like cheese on a lasagna, you know, like too much. It's, just, it's not lasagna anymore. So that's super cool. That's like, oh my God. That's awesome. Caleb, can you remember that one for class? <laughs> yeah. That was so good. Oh my gosh. But yeah, um, no, that's a super cool. You're exactly class. right too. It's exciting. It's it's going to be a lot of fun having him. It's going to be so much fun. And then we also have, of course, Caleb just did a class with Sam Lentz. They did the nights together, and um, Caleb took airbrushing in one day, and Sam did the freehand uh, course in the second day. And so that was kind of a unique experience. We won't be doing the tandem uh, teaching like that very often. He's going to be doing it again with um, our next instructor, which is next month. Um, I'm probably going to be announcing this tomorrow. So this is cool. Um, We'll be doing the event at Carl's Astronomicon and it's open to eight people. And right now we're looking at how we're going to build that out. But I think I've found a really awesome Airbnb for a great price and everybody can stay together at the Airbnb. It's got a pool table. It's got a fire, a fire. um, I'm sorry, a a barbecue out back and we can kind of get in on Friday, have a game night, hang out together, have dinner together, and then go do, go over to Carl's Astronomicon, which is an awesome place. We've been in there and do the class in there at Carl's and then get to hang out at night together. Everybody can kind of stay together and um make a really fun weekend event out of it and it's going to be kind of a holiday event we're going to do it between christmas and new year's so that one's to be announced and the big fun about that is it's justin Kiefer's first joining as an instructor with us and to get to do it at carl's place is just a phenomenal experience for him i we're so excited he's going to be teaching it with caleb and shadowing caleb um for the 101 and so he won't be as necessarily delivering it for this class, but he'll be shadowing with Caleb and learning it. And it'll be his first in the role of an instructor instead of a student. Cause he's taken absolutely all of our classes. <laughs> so he's going to be on the up- opposite side of the room this time. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. So, so for those, uh, those that are not informed of the independent characters and, and where they may be and where the Astronomicon is like, where uh, where is that going to be at for this? This is um, out in the Bay Area in uh, Northern California. 
Nice. So out in it relative, relatively for people um, to kind of get an idea of where it is. It's in the San Francisco area. Well, it's outside of San Francisco, but it's if that's probably the most recognizable place around there. Hmm. Trying to think if I could work up some vacation time. And then you talked about the Airbnb oh, yeah. that's got the grill in the backyard. Getting, we could really make it a party the Airbnb, <laughs> Exactly. The Airbnb. And that's that's what I think I'm going to do. We'll, um, I want to put a package together that includes staying at this Airbnb. And if we do that, the Airbnb is only going to be, um, if we have like eight students joining us, it's like $50 a night per person. Yes. So be able to add that into the cost of the um, the we'll have to do a different size package for this because we still have to charge for the class and do all that. But I can build this into a nice little package that gets everybody's costs down. Um, if we share, we're all contributing, you know, into the food fund by through the cost of the tickets and what we're contributing, just make a weekend out of it and have it food, um, <laughs> stock as much beer and good fun stuff as I possibly can too. And we'll just literally have a holiday event weekend and it'll be kind of intimate with, with eight people plus me and Caleb and Justin. I would believe all three of us will be staying at the um, Airbnb with everybody. The one I found sleeps 11 people and that's how many people that would be. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just found out a way this week to, have a brisket sous viding and it only takes two hours to cook on the grill. Like it's so I don't know. Oh, so you might have to come out and do the barbecuing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to throw it out to see who wants, who wants to actually cook breakfast. I'll buy the groceries, but who wants to get up and do breakfast? <laughs> we'll, we'll throw that. We'll throw that out to everybody. Make it a group effort. <laughs> That'd be super cool. Like a, a little, a little mini, mini getaway. That'd be super cool. Yep. And then get to go and spend the day um, Saturday and Sunday at Carl's. And I'll probably have like lunch delivered and everything like that. So we can all kind of hang out and stay there. And it's really fun to get to go see that in person. It's a neat, he's really set up a neat environment in there for the, for the game area. And it's going to be a fun place to take a class. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. So it's like like his whole top floor of his house, right? Like it's like a, like a whole, or I don't, I don't know if it's two story. I, was, I think it is, just by judging by the way I see the pictures. It seems like a, it's, a cool it's a, setup. It's a wing. It's a wing. It's a wing. It's a wing. It's a wing of his house. <laughs> it is one entire other area. It's, it's the whole what north wing or something like that. Beautiful. It's so fun. So fun. I'm. I am so excited for whoever gets to to do this um definitely a unique experience carl i don't think has done anything like this before but he is so so 100 into the the training experience and what that brings to the hobby and so supportive of it and he was when we kind of approached him with this he, he didn't even hesitate it's like let's figure out dates so it, it's very cool we're really excited about it it's gonna be a good weekend Man, that's so crazy. Maybe, you have so much knows? going on before this. Like, like you have so much going on right now. Like, what? Oh, yeah. We're get, we're gonna be in San Antonio next weekend, and then a couple weeks later, we're in Boston, and then a couple weeks later, we have Christmas in there, of course, and Thanksgiving in there, 
and then <laughs> Caleb and I each have surgery in there. And then <laughs> we get, we end up um, right after Christmas before New Year's. Let's let's have another one. Let's do another workshop. Exactly. That's so like I'm just awesome. thinking about this. Like how how like I can't um, like I, y'all have so much momentum. It's like we're gonna go this. It's like oh yeah. By the way, we got to do our own family stuff and our own like life. We got to handle our own life in between all of this as well. That's crazy. That's so gonna, it's gonna be so much fun. I'm so excited. <clears throat> a, lot any, of, a lot of positive movement. Do you have any classes planned for early next year, or is they kind of anything in the works? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be. He laughs. We're. we Yeah. We're gonna. We're going to be in Lansing in uh, January to do a 102 on that orc rager. And so Lansing is in Michigan and that's, we're excited about that. We get to go into kind of a winter wonderland experience and, um, we'll be, I don't know if I said we're going to be in Boston in December. That one's a big class. We've already got 26 students capping at 30 and we'll probably sell out at 30 for that one. Is that a, is that a a one-on-one or is that a, it's a one, it's a one-on-one. Okay. Yeah, it's the one-on-one. So that's such a fun, oh my gosh, it's such a fun class. So Caleb will be teaching that one in Boston in December, and then we hop over to Astronomicon and then Lansing a week after the Astronomicon one. And then um, we have a little bit of a, of a soft spot for the end of January, only because we're both going on vacation. So <laughs> we're stopping for a moment. He's going to take a week for vacation. I'm going to go off for vacation. Let me get back lined up to go out to LVO. And then um, LVO is going to be a lot of fun. He, Caleb's teaching a bunch of classes. I'm doing, of course, different stuff on Canvas. And I'm going to do a sip and pour in the morning with mimosas for the ladies that join me to do the Canvas stuff so if you're going to lvo and taking your ladies make sure that they're over in the hobby area so they can have fun in the morning um, only gotta be limited to the ladies what what like i'm down for what is it? In the morning <laughs> like who is it come have, <laughs> come have the come have mimosas okay. absolutely that'll be fun that was caleb's idea <laughs> caleb's like you need to do a sip and pour you need to do mimosas in the morning i'm like oh you're brilliant I want to do mimosas in the morning. Heck yeah. That's going to be fun in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be there. And then Vince is going to be doing his one Oh three class out in Philly in the middle of February. So I'll be going out there with him. And then we are actually in Portland. Um, we've got two seats left, I think for that one in Portland for a one one um, Vince has got um, 14 students already in his one Oh three. So he's got, room for i think in that one it might be for four more students also so folks are going to want to get on these if they're waiting a little bit um <clears throat> and then so february is pretty pretty busy we've got something i think almost every week going on that month and then um adepticon comes up we're going to take a little bit of time off in march and then um go out to adepticon and I'm working actually towards taking over managing the hobby seminars as their um, coordinator for all that program. So um, we're going to be busy. He's going to take care of all of the airbrush rooms and manage that. And I'm going to be doing the other stuff. So Adaptive Fund is going to be super busy this year in a good way. In a good way. Caleb's going to take time to play games though, right? I'm going to try. Yes. <laughs> no, no promises. Yes. 
Oh, I want you to so bad. I think that would be so fun. I'm really feeling Kill Team. <clears throat> I'm really liking the idea of Kill Team right now. It's pretty hot. Nice. There's a whole bunch of people playing Kill Team right now. Like it's a uh, because there's no like okay. there's no real commitment. Like it's like I want to have eight models <laughs> that I want to be badasses. <laughs> I don't have to build a whole army. Of badasses. I build like six dudes. Exactly. So. <laughs> No, yeah, you, That's you, saw so me, cool. you saw me doing the points. I was like, man, y'all are like like the star. Like if honestly at this point, like if you want to airbrush and you have not found a CK studio class near you, you're just not trying. I feel like there's like there's no way at this point. <laughs> y'all guys are everywhere. There's like within like six hours, you have like officially like engulfed all of america in this like ck star of learning like it's uh... <laughs> that's awesome that is so cool it's fun it's so much fun it is so cool michael we get to do things like we got to actually spend time with you and get to know you and don't you feel like by the time you're done with that weekend you have 15 new friends that were in that class that if you ever saw them at an event, you would easily reconnect with them. Absolutely. Or even with the immediate people around you, um, you know, you really kind of get to know them. You're working on these projects and conversations come up. I mean, it's exciting to talk about the hobby and then you start understanding the people around you are playing the same games and doing the same stuff you are. The conversation is going to be so much fun, but that experience, I mean, you kind of come out of it with a new community and, I think that we've had a very unique opportunity that I, Caleb and I are both consciously grateful for that we've been able to go out and meet people and be in unique places that perhaps we would never have maybe had a reason to go out into Lansing, Michigan. You know, it might be something we would go to eventually if we had, if we had need to, but end up going there and it's like, wow, we can't wait to go back to Lansing, Michigan, that we had so much fun. That was such a cool experience. And get, we want to see it in a different season because you could tell that they're, they have got to have tremendous seasons out there. It was exciting. So it's, we feel very blessed and grateful for the opportunity. And when we start talking about giving back to the community, like putting this airbrush together and doing kind of going in directions like that, where we can help everybody, it's because we've, we've, been there with them i mean it comes from a genuine experience getting to know all these people in such a great amount of different places we're up to i think we've completed 23 workshops now and we've got uh, five six seven eight nine ten eleven maybe 12 mapped out right now oh more than that i didn't flip the page over so at least 12 more mapped out between all the instructors so, yeah, that means a lot more experiences out there that we get to have that if it wasn't for the community supporting us, then we wouldn't have these opportunities. And that's kind of really fun. It makes you really want to give, it makes you really want to make their experience like amazing. And that's the, literally our goal of going into it every time. And then, and then I get to spend the first half of the next week with Caleb while he tears up everything he did. And he's like, okay, I think I can prove here every time he's done it so many times and every single time he walks out of it going i think i can improve this i'm going to do this differently next time it's amazing so it's i feel so blessed i feel so grateful absolutely grateful consciously grateful of getting to do this and getting 
getting to go to the places we're getting to go and, and meet people we never would have. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so oh, did I just get sappy on you? <laughs> I'm not crying. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. Like it's y'all are so genuine, like teaching. it in, cat. <laughs> It's, it's fantastic. No, I'm, I'm super excited for you guys. I'm so see. I'm so happy to see how far like you guys have come and just like, you know, it's, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm so extremely happy that you guys are these like, excellent teachers and like everybody out there is like, you know, you want to see good things happen to good people. And it's like, it's like, you guys are great at what you do. And it's like, I'm glad that like everybody's like agrees. Everybody's like, yeah, they're good. I'm like, Put your invest invest in, in CK Studios because they're gonna return on for you. So, oh, so I'm I'm 100 excited to see you guys next week. Definitely excited to take this class, Yay. and I'm, I'm excited to see what else is on the horizon for you guys. So, yeah. Uh, so with that, I think it's a good it's a good closure. It's a good time to, to close this interview off. Um, stay tuned for your guys' brushes. Where should the guys look to if they're looking to see when your brushes are going to release it or when their classes are coming in their area? Go ahead, Kelly. Uh, um, yeah, just find us on on Facebook, CK Studios uh, forward slash come come paint with us. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Facebook.com, um, CK Studios. Come paint with us. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you get, that's going to be the best place to catch us. Uh, as soon as we we can announce everything, it will it will go through there. Um, uh, obviously, our announcements will go through the alumni group and everything like that um, for for our our past students and and for the follow on education stuff like that. Uh, if you're new and you haven't seen CK Studios stuff, yeah, the best place to catch us is at CK Studios, or feel free to message either of us on Facebook. Um, pretty pretty good about answering. I don't think we ignore too many people. <laughs> it happens. Thanks. I mean, you're very, very busy. <laughs> I get it if you miss one. <laughs> we try not to. Every once in a while, you just have to unplug. Just stop for a moment so you can catch your breath and catch up on some things, and I feel so guilty. <laughs> you know, you want to be answering everybody's messages. Caleb will be like, just, it's okay. Just stop. Just, you can take a moment to, to just get what you need to get done. Just stop. <laughs> they wanted to know what okay. color to use. <laughs> Probably right? still waiting. I, I, <laughs> they, they need to know this. I'm feeling it for them. <laughs> no. <laughs> well that's awesome so yeah guys go check out ck studios keep an eye out for their facebook page especially if you're waiting for these incredible brushes especially this like in my head it's like a it's like you remember those like san francisco lowriders like that are just like completely like (laughs) like, chameleon but like like, that's what i picture cat's brush is gonna be like and every (laughs) ounce of me wants that brush now like there's no way that they're like I need that. <laughs> so I'm so That's excited awesome. to see any update, any updates you guys have, even if it's like, you know, just like a, like a, a very blurry, like side shot of one. I want to see it. Like, yeah, like super pixelated. Be like, I can make out something on the pink brush on the cat brush. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Coming <laughs> 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 across the paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you guys know awesome. uh, we'll give a breakdown of the 102 class that I'll be taking next week. And uh, of course, if you can right find on. these guys in your area, I would suggest making the drive. Even if it's like a 12 hour drive, just go ahead and pop on over and come take their class. You will learn so much and you'll become such a better hobbyist after it. So that's yeah, 100%. So I appreciate you guys coming on. I appreciate you guys talking about your brush and what you guys go, got going on. And I'm so happy to see where y'all are at right now. Such positive vibes oh. coming off you. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. It's so fun to talk to you again. <laughs> We so get to see you next week. I'm looking forward to it. We'll find some real barbecue this time. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, challenge accepted. Please, let's do that. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right, guys. We'll kick you off to some music. <laughs>